Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here, Executive Protection Lifestyle. And I have Chris Sipe here. And uh, it's an honor to have you on here, Chris. How you doing? Hey, man. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks for having me. That's what's up. Uh, Chris, he's doing a lot of things. Um, I met him at this Close Protection Conference him and I were working together on, what are we, we were on the panel uh, for Outliers, the final panel of the conference. So we got to, you know, we got to weigh in with our, you know, our opinions there and uh, hopefully demonstrate some value. Um, But it was an honor to do that stuff, man. Yeah, Uh, man. It was a great experience, no doubt about it. Heck yeah. Uh, so uh, I wanted to have him on the show because he, I mean, he hits, he hit a couple nails right on the head. Uh, I know he's got a lot to contribute and really what I understand he does has a lot of moving parts on an international level. Um, and uh, I just know there's a lot that you guys can really kind of learn and benefit from uh, talking with a gentleman who's doing the things he's doing uh, with, with the companies and on the level that he's doing them on. So yeah, man. Chris, tell you, where, where did it all start for you? <laughs> yeah. you know? uh, I, truth be told, I, I think in all, in all honesty, it started on the Yellow Footprints, MCRD San Diego, uh, 2002. Raw. You know, <laughs> I mean, in, in, in all fairness to the connection to the EP world, it's, you know, mm-hmm. that, that bit of Marine Corps discipline that got uh, transported into, into my everything. Heck yeah. um, you know, I, I was in 02 to 06. Uh, I was in 0311. I did three tours. I was a 3-5. We went to Fallujah, did all that stuff. Um, and awesome. for me, kind of transitioning out, it was like, what do you do? What do you, yeah. what, what is it infantry grunt, you know, take from that experience and moving on to something professional? And right. I, I mean, my, my like journey was a little bit different. We're the same yeah. generation too, man. So that's yeah, man. <laughs> it's I rare. Know. I don't see a lot of like, you know, our guys in that space. At that conference, one of the other guys from my platoon also was okay. one of the big companies, and he was running around there. I was like, yo, awesome, there's like yeah. four of us. I was like, we're doing good. We're doing Yeah, right. I know, right? It's uh, a little bit different from sitting there, you know, smoking and joking about what, you know, what you're going to be doing next. Yeah, or um, the good old days. Yeah, tell me about it. So the, the transition for me was, was a lot like, you know, like, how do I take these Marine Corps skills? I, I mean, I was lucky enough to to be a squad leader for, for about a year and a half. And, you know, I, the best way that I can probably explain it is that m- your whole sole purpose in life was, you know, the, uh, the, the accomplishment of mission, obviously the troop welfare uh, came second, but honestly it was taking care of those guys. Um, every, you know, bone in my body was there to ensure that they got home to their families. And I was very blessed to 
to have that happen. You know, I, I didn't have uh, anybody get lost. Um, so that was great. So in order to like kind of harness that mentality, I mean, in truth be told, what we were doing is a lot of animosity towards a lot of bad people, but yeah. it's very defensive. Mm-hmm. And so the defensive mindset of, you know, the, the, the posture in which you're commanding your squad and that of the object, yeah. uh, you know, actions on an objective and, you know, you're inherently trying to keep your guy safe and then inflict yeah. as much, you know, bad juju on the enemy. And it's so, like default aggressful, aggressive. Everything's yeah. like default aggressive. Like, oh, they're firing yeah. us. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> we just go assault through, attack yeah. the attacker, you know, straight into the ambush, you know, and it's right. It's cool, man. It's yeah. In 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 my my transition was, you know, um, I, I wanted to get into some type of, you know, protective work. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it was federal law enforcement. I was very was very lucky to have gone through college prior to going in the, uh, into the Marine Corps. Yeah. Um, so how do I use, you know, that thing? And then also my experience. And I think EP was something that like kind of marked me, I think, and almost in in kind of a way I, you know, I was from from Chicago, um, you know, got out of the military in uh, December, it was November of uh, 2006, snowing Mm -hmm. back home. And I'm like, well, LA is kind of nice. I think I might just stay. I did. And I found a great EP company. In fact, two of them. Um, one of the companies, uh, is, uh, Gavin and Becker and Associates and the other is uh, Galahad Protective Services and um, both companies a little bit cut from the same cloth. Obviously, GDB is a, a, a very big company with a lot of fantastic assets, whereas Galahad was um, a little bit smaller, a little bit more nimble. I had a lot of opportunities right out of the gate. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's basically how I got my foot in the door. That's what's up, man. Man, our stories are so much alike, man. Like, yeah. Same here, squad leader, same thing. Like, was like, oh, I'm going to get out. Well, actually, I got really lucky. But because I got picked up by my first security detail three months before I got out. Okay. So I was like, in uh, uh, when they out process you, you got to go stand post. I was in, um, you know, like doing like the, I was like standing post around, around, uh, around Horno or whatever, yeah, getting processed out, paying dudes to take my post while I ran <laughs> to details. That's Being insane. like, yo, bro, I'll give you, I'll just drop like two. I, Cause I was balling, you know, yeah. for a Marine, you know? Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'll just give you like 200 bucks. Take my post, bro. <laughs> and they loved me, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was in Israel, like just trying not to freak out while I was going through customs. Like if they snatched me up in here, yeah. I'm done. I'm at the end so of my long, career bro. and I'm getting in trouble. I'm getting in trouble. But, uh, oh man, um, something you said, I think is interesting. You got in bed with two companies right out the gate mm-hmm. and, uh, there were differences there. You said that one was more nimble and you had more opportunity quicker. Talk a little bit about that, man. Cause I think that's, that's something I also experienced and guys trying to get into this game. That's something to, to consider. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, the, the truth was like, you know, oranges to oranges in a sense that, both companies were a great decision. I think I right. went with, like I said, you know, with, with Galahad, who was, like I said, a little bit lighter uh, as far as opportunity. Um, GDB's got a rhyme and a reason. They've been mm-hmm. successful for a lot of great things. I, I think the idea of, I think their starting process for me, just, I don't know, it just, 2006, it, it wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, yeah. I think might've been coming out of a like, leadership capacity um, and then having to kind of, you know, more or less I have to, you know, re, re, restart everything, you know, pay my dues in a different way, which I was yeah. totally down with. It just so happened that my personality boded a little bit better for a smaller outfit. So that firm, yeah. like I said, had a little bit better opportunities for me, like right yeah. out the gate. So I was able to 
use my personality type, um, yeah. take those leadership skills, get them out there into the field and see how the ramifications of working clients and being on multi-man details. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did not start off solo practitioner for sure. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit that I had to really gain a real good foothold of uh, proper EP uh, customs and courtesies because the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, in, in the realm of entertainment is that, you know, you cannot really BS the, this type of industry, especially if you're working for um, uh, career, uh, career clients that yeah, exactly. <laughs> need security all the time. And, yeah, they know what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> absolutely. You can't fake them. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, so a lot of my first exposure with this was, is, was observing and keeping my mouth shut and keeping my eyes open. A lot of, you know, that boot camp mentality of, yeah. you know, just trying to, trying to develop those soft skills that I more or less try to make successful in the Marine Corps, transition that into civilian life, and yeah. then try to understand what the dichotomy of those two things could possibly be. So yeah. essentially, um, I, I was taking every job I could possibly find. You know, oh. it was a time where it's like, I, I had to really check my ego. Yeah. I volunteered for everything and anything under the sun. In fact, uh, one of my first jobs was overwatching a client's construction site up in the hills here in Hollywood. And it was just, you know, basically bones and it was, mm -hmm. um, you know, construction material. So, you know, theft could be an issue. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's something that the owner of the company said, yes, of course, we'll make sure that that doesn't happen. And that was my first gig, you know, yeah. like, and I took it pretty serious and I made it like a defensive <laughs> position. Yeah. And it's like zero dark, whatever. Which and, you got. Um, it's good that you did. It's good. Yeah. That no, I did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I realized that like no one's coming, no one's out mm -hmm. there. You know, I, I'm you know checking the rooftops and all that, which is you know still fine and dandy. Right. But lo and behold, it's like man, my mentality has to shift and shift very quickly. Yeah, my time um, getting closer to clients and closer to the folks that call the shots and realizing the business aspect of things is that military stuff has its place, right? But it doesn't belong here, and because yeah. of that, I was able to to basically have a quick conversation with myself over time by saying. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, what I did was great. And I, I hold very, you know, high allegiance to the things that I did and the guys that I did it with, Thank but you. it's got to get in the past. Yeah. There's time to evolve. Do, but you know what I mean? Like they do, but they, <laughs> yeah. don't. But they don't. Don't tell the story again. You told that's them. Right. That's right. And, and even if like, they actively ask you about your time, you're like, oh boy, it was great, man. I've served with a lot of great people. And yeah, yeah. that's it. Let it be what it is. Correct. Don't go yeah. into handshaking and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> No, um, no, yeah. I dig it, man. I agree 100%. Um, yeah, it was like, like you kind of have to, like, you've got to evolve with the game and you've got to keep up with that stuff. And I've seen a lot of good dudes, good hearts, solid guys mm -hmm. left in the dust, you know, uh, because they're not able to do that because they over identify with that past version of themselves. And so they don't end up, they just don't yep. end up evolving. They over identify. That's, and for them, that's the most amazing thing they've ever done in their life. Mm -hmm. And for them, like they're insecure about maybe ever doing anything. Like, I mean, we'll probably never do things like the things we did. You know what I mean? Tell me about but it. I'm not trying to do this. It's like, it's like trying to have the same kid twice. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to have the same kid twice. I'm creating more new, amazing things. Hopefully uh, now that are mm -hmm. making the present moment exciting. I think that's, I mean, that's not even EPL. That's just like, I don't know. That's heavy, good transition stuff. And then also on the smaller companies and larger companies, guys, when you're getting out, you know, I, I talk about chasing the pager and I talk about getting on with a number of different companies. Um, yeah. And this kind of lends more validity to that. And then also, man, like 
one of the good things about smaller companies is if you're one of the good dudes, you can shine a lot quicker there and you can get in those good spots and gain some seniority quicker, which yeah. kind of goes without saying, but no, that, that was a good tactic I used as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I listen, I, I only want to echo one bit about that is that yeah. your reputation is your calling card. Yeah, for real. And <laughs> I don't know how many guys you've had or gals on the show or even just folks in the industry that say you're only as good as your last gig. Yeah. And listen, it's, it's who you cohabitate with. It's, you know, are you able to be a function of the service that you're, you're being asked to do on this job? Yeah. And not like, you know, trying to be something that you're really not and, you know, being humble enough to say like, yeah, you know what? I don't understand or I don't right. get why you're doing such a thing. Yep. And a lot of times the leaders of the detail be like, Hey, yeah, awesome. Thanks for that question. I'll, I'll definitely, you know, take a little bit more time yeah. to, to work with you on that until you get to that space where you're actually complimenting, you know, mm -hmm. a detail leader. Like if they put you in an advanced position and you're like, mm -hmm. Hey, Hey sir, or Hey, you know, like whatever the detail leaders situation is and like, Hey, so this is what we're going to be taking a look at. And then all of a sudden you're become reliable and yep. then he wants you on more jobs or she wants you on yep. more jobs. And yep. if you're a freelance guy, Hey man, there's nothing better than that being yeah. able to be reliable, you know, that hired gun, if you want to call it, yeah. um, until you get your position where, you know, you're able to call a lot of great shots. Exactly. And nowadays, bro, it's so easy to stand out. Like all you got to do is show up. <laughs> like not all you got to no. do, but like, yeah, man, almost we can, <laughs> you can kill so many people. Like my mindset's not one of competition with anyone other than myself. Right. But however, yeah. Like I'm not very rarely am I even noticing other people cause I'm so busy in the mirror, but like <laughs> you can separate yourself right. just by like show up on time. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know, I, a proper handshake, I don't know, enunciate, pull your, just dress nice. Like, I mean, there's just so many little things you can do. Yeah. You basically do everything your dad told you to do. Hopefully <laughs> that, that you like thought was stupid. Yeah. You're, you're killing me. Yeah, in, in, in more to the point of uh, military discipline, it's like yeah, or those you things you were instilled. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's brilliance in the basics, no matter where you are in yeah. what industry. And reliability is the stamp of approval. If you can show yeah. up on time, yeah. be, have a little bit of enthusiasm, you know, have a suit that fits you and asking questions <laughs> and then following up afterwards and, you know, and being that person that can be relied upon. So you make a lot of great points there, man, for sure. Yeah, no, 100%. And then also, like, I don't know about you, but, like, the whole asking questions, every time I get to a new detail, yo, mm -hmm. like, it's straight up, like, you're starting from, I mean, the questions you ask, I think, illustrate your intelligence more than anything. Yep. And, like, there's nothing worse than a guy getting to a new detail who acts like he already knows everything. You know, no doubt about it. Because on a new detail, there's tripwires and there's all that stuff, man. Yep. And you don't know the nuances. And so you're left seat, right seat, and you're acting like you know the game. You're just, you're, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> my, 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 my take on that bit is that like, there's a philosophical issue with a lot of gents or, or gals that come into this line of work with the yeah. misconceptions of what it is they're actually <laughs> meaning to do. Yeah. And you know, it's like, even if you, so a lot of worlds don't work the same way. Some guys are just kind of blindly thrown into jobs and you're like, all right, we're going to make this work. Let's go and do it. And afterwards you're like, boy, was that a pain in the ass or man, that was a great experience. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. But my thing is like, you know, for, for, for the guys and girls out there that are trying to like break into the industry, essentially it's like, be someone there that it's meant to fulfill the role full yeah. stop. And then let your personality out afterwards. I'm saying, thank you very much for that opportunity. Can we do it again sometime? And then leave it at that. 
The right. difference, of course, is that if you come in like a bull in a china shop, acting like you know something, or like <laughs> you know, we did this back in the core. Or I, you know, I was in yeah. the forest and I protected so and so. Like, yeah, that's all well and good, but do you know who this client is? Do you know right. what we're doing while we get there? What are our, you know, what are some of our Kazavak plans? Do you what know who their like? friends are who are going to shoot you in the face <laughs> when you try to stop them from getting in the green room? <laughs> So like, yeah, you make up a good point of, you know, people coming in trying to act as if they know mm-hmm. um, is kind of like a hindrance until someone most likely, I'm sure you've had plenty of, uh, of experiences like this where you're like, you know what, uh, actually, so sorry, that's not, that's not what this is. <laughs> and right. we might not have, we not, you know, we might not be able to get to work together again, that type of thing. And it's like, it all can all be very good thing if you just apply Byron's. Yeah. Tools for success. <laughs> Thank you. No, I appreciate yeah. that. Yo, what do you think was the key component to making your transition from the military into this industry smooth? Successful? Yeah. So uh, smooth is not the word. I yeah. think in, in, right. in all, in all, in all you, fairness, yeah. it was an entirely giant ego check for me. Because you're right. I mean, like off the battlefield doing badass stuff, you know, badass stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, into a world of, you know, like high profile, you know, um, high net worth celebrity um, protecting <clears throat> that, like I said earlier, like they've been around the block or they're brand new and fresh and don't know any better. Yeah. Um, so my transition from military to that world was that, that I needed desperately to figure out what exactly it was that I was attempting to do and that I really want to do it. Was this something that was meant for me? And luckily I was always kind of pushed either by mentors or by yeah. situations that came up, um, exposure to clients who had good experience with me and I got asked back to details. But the resounding kind of feeling was that like, I have to start speaking their language, not, not to be fake or to, you know, like act all like, oh, I can speak the, the you know, the lingo, lingo or whatever, but yeah. it's like, what's their bottom line? What's their intent here? I mean, are we doing, you know, production or for entertainment, pub- production or publicity? It's mm-hmm. like, just standing next to a person ain't going to cut it. You know what I mean? Right. It's like that, that, that's not why they've hired you. And as you move up in the world, the financial side gets more and more expensive for them, whether, you know, the studio's paying or whether they're, you know, out of pocket. So, you know, the product in which you need to give is of a very high standard. So yeah. it's either shit or get off the pot. Like you yeah. either can fake it until you make it or you mm-hmm. fake it and you get fired. So yeah. for me, it was like, constantly trying to observe that of my betters, my, the, you know, my mentors who I, um, who I held at a very high standard. Uh, you know, Dan Palmer was one of my mentors, Dennis Brigwell, uh, Guillermo Lozano, and a bunch of other guys in the company, yeah. uh, not just my company, but others just in the industry as I started to kind of make my own way. Mm. No, no different than any other type of leadership s- situation. I saw what guys or gals were doing yeah. and I emulated it. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that I didn't like, I scuttled it. Yeah. And then I started to apply it and I applied it and some things were coming back. Others were not. And so, you know, you know, as a protector, you get into this mindset of like almost chameleon like in order to, mm-hmm. to satisfy the situation, Yeah. set up your security protocols, you put them into play and you contingency build. And yeah. at one point, you know, when we called it back in the Marine Corps, it's like the three street war. It's like one street, you're, you know, shaking hands. One, you're kind of suspicious of them. And third, you're having a gunfight. Yeah. And so Fair for enough. this, my mentality was always like, be able to, speak eloquently to the people that are paying your bills, whether it be right. an executive, a studio head, a publicist, a manager, um, speak to a fan or speak to paparazzi in, in a certain situation. And of course, yeah. then speaking to a, a client or a customer. Yeah. So figuring out how to ap- apply the business acumen for what it is they're trying to accomplish. And then in that same posture and mindset of a protector, 
where does the security protocol then therein lie? And so for me, the school of hard knocks was failing and failing and luckily not getting people into trouble or in harm's way. Exactly. And so for me specifically, it was, you know, these small little incremental wins that like, let's just say that I did have a failure in some, and failure is a big word, but like a misstep. Yeah. I, I used, I always called like, you know, putting pennies in the penny jar. I'm like, Hey man, I took a couple pennies out tonight. I'm going to double down my effort on this next gig yeah. and that's not going to happen again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there's pot, there's, you know, plenty of opportunities to, to view, um, the transition in a way is to say like my, my experience was prototypical for someone that wanted to basically just succeed and get ahead. I, yeah. I, I truthfully invested a lot of time and in, in, in emotion into making sure I got it right. And yeah. ask, like you said earlier, asking those questions and, mm-hmm being vulnerable enough to be like, if I didn't know it, I'm going to ask. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and for me in my transition, luckily at coming out of three deployments with combat and warfare, mm. also coming out of that as well contributed to the bumpy road of, of getting to where I needed to be professionally. But I didn't have mouths to feed back then. I do now. Mm. So there's a lot yeah. of like reasons for me to double down on being a uh, <laughs> yeah. squared away individual. Whereas yeah, back then, yeah. you know, it, it could have went left or right at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Man, so that, dude, that was a sophisticated answer, bro. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. Uh, but basically it sounds like you were highly inquisitive and malleable and you focused on just evolving as quickly as you stink and could in order to get this thing right and set up some security for yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely right, man. I mean, in the easiest boiled down version of it all, it's like, I I have to be able to look out for number one. Right. And if I want to do this job correctly and be successful and have others rely on me, like I want, then it's show up every day, ready to play. No excuses. Even if they suck, even if you've had a bad day at work, if you have a bad day at home, yeah. It doesn't matter because the client ultimately doesn't care. They do. Yeah. But they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you make them care, then maybe they should find someone that doesn't need them to care. <laughs> you know yes. Yes, like, for sure. How much and, how much money is my time worth and how much money is your time worth again? Yeah, you know I mean, like you know Not in the same ballpark. Think about it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Uh no nah, man, that's some good gouge. And I experienced the same thing, bro. Like I remember when I first got to the fleet in the Marine Corps, I was like, what's wrong with these guys? Because I I got there and I was like, uh, you know, I had up like these senior Marines that were all like, look like crap. Like they look like trash, right? But they just got back from from the luge, man. They just got back from Fallujah. And I remember thinking like, like I got my sleeves all rolled up, snapping, popping. I just came out of boot camp. I'm all sharp as a tack, you know. These guys can't even stand in formation. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're slouching. They got bad haircuts. <laughs> I remember yeah. thinking, dude, like these guys are pieces of crap. I got to go to war with these guys. And then, thank God, the other voice in my head was like, yo, shut up. Right. Figure out why. Figure out why everything you're seeing. And then, you know, like I've flash forward you know to me coming back and i'm like you just learn what's important and what's not mm-hmm. and where to put your energy is really what it is you know and you don't so know true. what you don't know and fortunately i was able to be like i need to figure out what i don't know so then when i got into my first detail and you know i just like tripled my pay and i'm like 21 oh, like i didn't have the college like you had college before the marine corps so you were like the old wise one in the platoon <laughs> 
You know? I, I mean, I did get called a couple really, you know. Yeah. Well, but, it's a badge of courage now. I was called <laughs> professor because I had. Right. Come. It's like. Yeah, 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 but yeah, I'm the yeah. idiot. Didn't listen to the Marine Corps during wartime, so <laughs> right. No, and and so I uh, I just remember when I got to my first detail, being like, hmm, you know, one guy pulled me aside and was like, hey, bro, if you're not careful, this thing, this this type of work can wreck you. You know, I'm mm. like, yeah, whoa, 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 bro, I'm not in Iraq. I get to shower today. Yeah, I get. To, I got to try not to be fat, and I'm making three <laughs> times what I was making. Yeah. Believe me, homie, it's going to be all right. But then that same thing kicked in and, and was like, hey, dude, you need to figure out why he's saying what he's saying. And it caused me to yeah. really, really focus and evolve at that speed that I needed. I needed to. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made it. And a lot of guys didn't, you know. Yeah. Um, kind of a side side question, side note. Yeah. Um, or a different direction. I know a lot of people have this uh, uh, perspective uh, this kind of like when you when you tell someone you're in private security, executive mm-hmm. protection. First of all, they don't know what you're talking about until you say bodyguard. <laughs> but when you when you say something like that, like you know this picture, this big big dude who protects people pops into their head. Yeah. Um, how has that affected your career? You know, like have you had to overcome that in the mind of clients? Have you had situations where that's been a factor, even in terms of protecting, like? How? Because you're not that you're not really a big dude. You know what I mean? So definitely not. How has that played in you? You know, to, yeah. the, to the game? Because I'm not that big of a dude either. You know, I'm like we're both kind of same height. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm kind of you know. The honest to God answer is that I I did go I I got put through my paces very early on. In fact, I remember a gig that I was an advanced guy, and. By the way, sidebar: love advancing. I think it's the best job in all of EP if you can do it. Um, <laughs> yep. But I was the advanced guy, so I was actually not body man on that gig. And yeah. one of the clients made a comment about like not being six two, something like, like that. And, 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 and broke, by the way, <laughs> I got hit with that one. Well, whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> in the immediate kind of situation, because you know you're very present, you're being observant, and all that. And yeah. I just wow, that's I took that to heart a little bit too quickly. Yeah. Like, yeah you know she's right, and blah blah blah. This. And then immediately, it's like the on my mind. It's like, bro, it's okay. Yeah. The reality is you, you're actually on the game field. And it reminded me of the, you know, the man in the arena type of mm-hmm. quote and all that. But the truth of the matter was, is like the client who's paying the bill made a comment to me. You know, they might have made it in kind of like a, like a jokey manner. But at that time, that was kind of like what I'm saying earlier about the, about the ego of it all. It's like, hey, listen, you know, it, this is a matter of fact. I cannot get grow any higher. I can maybe get <laughs> more, you know, ripped like I used to be. Yeah, but that's not going to change. So it was like that first kind of like part of the road that everyone takes in this career is like, you're going to get sniped at, you're going to be second guessed, you Mm -hmm. know, the physical side of things. It's like, Hey man, just take care of yourself. Be, be humble enough to be healthy, uh, physically and mentally. And then if they want to make a comment, so be it. But you know what the best revenge is return business. And part of that was like a long, long, long term uh, professional relationship with that client area that yeah. it never meant anything after that, you know, they said the thing and I just right. had to get over myself. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. They said this, they said the thing. I had to slay dragons in my head. Yeah. And I, it was like, we were, we were eating sandwiches and then, you know, everything was all good. good afterwards. And by the way, it is something that it, depending on how kind of 
internally you were embarrassed you were about a certain thing, but you, you got to kind of dust off that bit. Like if yeah. you know you, you want to get a little bigger, you know, lift weights. If you want to get a little yeah. bit faster, you know, hit the track. It's like yeah. whatever you got to do to, you know, better yourself. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that is all kind of tangible to everyone in the world is that if you don't have the right mindset, you're already out of the game. Right. And because I had to get my, my, my shit together and get my head screwed on straight, be like, I'm qualified to be here. I'm still yeah. learning. You know, it's, you just kind of have to, t- you know, self-talk your way yeah. to back to that space. You're like, all right, cool. Let's get back to what I'm doing here. Situational yeah. awareness. How am I going to be able to get through to point A to point B to point B? Okay. Mm-hmm. Gigs over success. Yeah. Mental note check, but I can't change my height. Yeah. Oh, well, and if I never see this client again, then I'll just, you know, chalk that one up. And truth be told, like I said, you know, there's it it a lot of really great business with that person. But um, then along the way, still yeah. kind of like ever so mindful of the other bit, which would be, I would say, the intelligence side. So you yeah. talk about like the knuckle dragon security guy that's posting yeah. up doors or, you know, the, yeah. the, the guy in the movie, you know, because we're not all Denzel with a man on fire. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it, that's just not not the world we live in. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some types <laughs> out there doing that type of work. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the thing for me was always like, all right, how do I best benefit them? And if I'm getting repeat business and they like the taste in their mouth, then listen, I'm onto something right. So the truth of the matter was that like, as long as I kept on that path and yeah. finding where my left and right limits were, you know what I mean? Like staying on top of that track. And when I lost the path, I got smacked over the head with a bunch of ego trips. Yeah. And yeah. that like, you know, those situations that pop up, mm-hmm. you just gotta, you just gotta, you know, get back on track. And the way that you do that is a little bit of self-talk and like, yes, yeah. I'm meant to be here and this is what I want to be doing and, mm-hmm. you know, try to figure it out. No, that's solid, dude. I completely, I completely agree. And I understand. I watched some dudes get roasted by some clients, man. Oh, I've man. been roasted. I was on one detail where I think I was literally there because mm-hmm. the client knew that he could roast me. And I was cool with it. Like I was literally the roast yeah. guy. Like, like someone say. farts in the jet and he's literally like, Byron, someone farted. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. sorry <laughs> yeah, like it was me, but I ain't cool. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think like with that, you know, it's kind of like my two cents would be like, play to your strengths, you know, like yeah. not that big of a dude, you know, get into a martial art, you know, play to your, yeah. strength, get into your, get into something else, you know, that can help validate you. Um, and I think that a lot of guys have really sensitive egos because mm-hmm. they're insecure. Naturally they're insecure because they're holding on to an identity that's in the past, which isn't a solid or a really, really relevant uh, identity. Right. And if you're tying your identity to something that's not relevant, you're going to be insecure. And I think that the biggest cure for that is constantly, I was smashing on this on my Instagram this morning. It felt good. Mm-hmm. Yo, but it, it's, it's, it's working on yourself. And if you're always working on yourself and you're getting all that, that feedback loop happening internally every single day by what you're learning, by what you're doing in the gym, what you're doing on the mats, what you're doing in the gloves and you know who you are, like I can lift this much weight, I can grapple for this long, you know yourself. When you get that feedback from outside, it's not like earth shattering, you know, it's like, okay, they want me to do this or that. Can I do that? I know I can make the corrections. I know who I am. And this is something that I need to factor in and take a look at. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, man, like you're right. Like the client validates our work, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that return business is the sign and seal of acceptance. You don't spend money on things that you don't value. That's just that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like especially in that world where, 
what do you get somebody that has everything? Yeah. It's called, it's called peace of mind. And if yeah. you can, if you can materialize peace of mind, yeah. you're minted. And then I always, I always say like, you know, um, when they sign on to do a gig, if it's a contract or just a word of mouth type of thing, it's like now they're trusting in me to do a job. Now I'm going to ensure that they see that we see it through the whole way as far as like the customer service side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, you're totally right. It's one of those things where uh, if you're not chipping away each day, you know, you could fall into a really horrible place that you get mm-hmm. to this place and you're like, well, I've just now redug myself a hole that yeah. I thought I got myself out of. Yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, after, you know, w- watching your, your IG page, you know, you, you're, I, I think you're doing a lot of great stuff for a lot of good people out there. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's super motivating. And I know that you said about, you know, the dichotomy between uh, discipline and, and motivation, but shit, man, you can talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, Brian. I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go beat up something right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, no, that, that whole kind of knowing who you are piece, man, like, and really the client, letting the client be the filter, you know, mm-hmm. but also knowing the value you're bringing to the equation is so big, you know. And a lot of times, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a weird dichotomy because you're kind of stuck in this, like, you know or think you know the value that you're bringing to the equation and the client maybe they recognize it if you're lucky maybe they're tolerating you and so i mean i feel like this is just straight off topic but i feel like part of what our game turns into is like is like translating our value into things and actions and quantifiable things that the client will appreciate mm-hmm. you know what i mean but you can't lose yourself you can't you know lose your protection uh ability, but like, yes, you also have to find ways to demonstrate value to the client ways that they really, what, yeah. sa- what safety looks like to them, you know, exactly. what, you know, all these, yeah. Things, you know, yeah, you bring up an awesome point because there, therein lies kind of the, 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 like the, the fine line. Kind of, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you, you, you have this type of, um, this desire to, to instill some type of protective uh, program that ensures their ability to do their job. I mean, that's yeah. essentially why, why we're out there doing our thing. Um, and there are certain individuals that play well into a, a very likable personality. Mm-hmm. And they use that type of, of, of thinking that like, well, I can win over this client in order to get more business. That's not a bad philosophy, but it only has a certain track for only a little while. Because again, yeah, to your sure. point, you're an expensive thing. You got to be able to produce and it's got to be about the job. Right. And so like my, a lot of trial and errors and some, definitely some advisorship from uh, the guys who trained me was that like, yeah. Hey, show up, do the thing, go home. If you get called back, awesome. You don't need to speak to them because <laughs> there's nothing to talk about unless they engage <laughs> and then you defer. Right. So it's like this kind right. of like back and forth, but it, it, and then kind of when I kind of got into a position of uh, help running a business and mm-hmm. training guys, it's like, hey, listen, do the job. Be that person that's reliable, but also be yourself. Yeah. But if yourself happens to be someone that's self-serving, it's like, well, you've already counted yourself out again. So mm-hmm. riding that line of like, hey, he's a good dude and he's a good, you know, he's a good operator. Hey, that's, yeah. that's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Because you can have, a, you can have a, um, a real jerk as a colleague. Yeah. Or, you know, you can have someone that's, you know, super great but also really terrible at the soft skills or really terrible. I'm sorry, not soft skills at the hard skills yeah. stuff. That's like, you need like always out of position, always having to be told twice, yeah. not rogering up on radio yeah, or, you know, like monsters. coming at it from like the wrong perspective. <laughs> yeah. Like what were you, you thought that was a good idea. Before you did? <laughs> yeah. 
And so like you work with a lot of interesting folks that kind of get you to this point where it's like, all right, well, this guy has a real problem. This gal has a problem with self-identity because yeah. they're projecting this extra, this extra stuff. I need to be the first person to the door to open Dignity. it up. I need to be the first person in the room and I've got yeah. to, you know, clear this room. Like I'm clearing out like a hostile area. It's like, yeah, no, no, you don't. You have to be yeah. reliable. You have to like instill some type of, um, of uh, like I said, reliability so that the client knows like each action is for a reason as opposed right. to you grandstanding or, yeah. you know, making it known that like, you know, you're the cool dude behind the shades because you're standing next to so-and-so because they don't tolerate that <laughs> because yeah. most likely they're just like, oh man, I can't wait till this guy's out of here. Or get out of here because this guy, yeah, no, I agree, man. So what would you say executive protection means to you? <laughs> One of my favorite questions to ask, man. Yeah, no, it's it's such a long answer, but I can yeah, probably right. sum it up with like, um, um, we got time, bro. Yeah, because no, <laughs> I, 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 I get long winded about stuff. No, I mean, truth of the matter is that for me now, it's it's about uh, dedication to service. I, okay. I think an un, an unparalleled ability to problem solve and to have situational awareness of not just about threats and you know the possibilities of the what ifs it's that you try to instill this this level of comfort that allows them to do what it is that they're meant to be doing yeah so like for me on the entertainment side on especially on the publicity side is that a little bit of exposure goes a long way by way of publicity that's why you're there so if you create this type of this air of like, well, we need to always use back of the house and we always need to have this type of contingency planning and a limited amount of exposure. It's like, well, then the client doesn't get to be in front of the people who are going to report that this mm -hmm. is a good movie or, you know, they're not meeting the correct mm -hmm. people or you're basically positioning yourself as to say like, well, is there a threat in this room? Why are you so close to the client? Right. So this mentality of customer service by ways that just allowing them to, to move freely. So you talk about like, a duck on water where it's all cool and collective up top side and then below, you know, your feet are moving at the cyclic rate. But yeah. the truth of the matter is it, it goes back to the basics, the basics of having a fantastic advance, knocking yeah. out 95% of your administrative things to get you in position to actually provide body coverage. And when yeah. you're actually on site, what does it mean to do what it is that you're doing by way of saying like, you know, do you know who you're speaking to when you ask for a certain favor, like using a side door or perhaps a back of the house or an elevator? Or something to say, like, you need certain people to allow you to get certain types of access. Yeah. So are you going to be that guy or gal that comes in and be like, yo, I, I need this now. And they're like, who are you and why are like, you why here? Why are you here? Like, why do you think yeah. you're so cool right now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so that comes from having a brilliance in the basics, which is, uh -huh. you know, having a, a fantastic advance, like I said. But think of it like this, you know, executive protection is such an umbrella statement I yeah. always kind of liken it to what's the most important thing happening right now and how am I going to execute it to the best of my ability? Yeah. Right now, am I having a conversation about the ways of the world or am I having a conversation about why I believe that the client shouldn't go to a, a location for lunch because there's a planned protest? Yeah. And it, I kind of liken it back to the three street war where it's like, I have to be able to be chameleon in such a way as to not freak somebody out, right. but at the same time, give them the, the, the situation at hand. So like in executive protection, I, I always like to institute, you know, big boy rules, no matter how hard it hurts. Uh, and so like for yeah. instance, they're adults. 
Yeah. They can take it. And if they can't yeah. take it, that's not on me. That's on them. <laughs> yes. Burn, but, burn them at the stakes anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> they, if you're running a business, you sometimes have to come to this conclusion. Like, Considerations. well, yeah. I have to massage this situation. to yeah. come Like, hey, listen, I really know that you want to accomplish this. You get into this this wording of things. And I know I'm calling off track about what EP is. No, no, no. Flow. But cool. You know what I mean? It's like this <laughs> yeah. whole package deal because yeah. the executive protection could be very, just very cut and dry of running an itinerary of doing travel advisories and, you know, having an advanced guy in another foreign country do it. So you're managing from a distance Yeah. or, you know, it's, you know, doing residential security, ensuring that the guys and gals there running that detail is falling in line with the protective detail that's outside. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, I always fall back to, it's like, are you, are you delivering what it is that they're asking for? Not out of some template, not out of something that, you know, like you, you learn in the school, which by the way, does get a lot of people very, very far in this line of work. Yeah. But it's the real understanding of like who your, who your client is. And I, and I remember you asked the question to Elijah about that, Elijah Shaw about um, something about business practices. And he had a phone call with the prospective client. He, he's like, my old life, I would have said, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> but in my yeah. more mature, I'm a business owner, failed a bunch season. of times to get to this point. It's like, you know, I'm not your guy or my company's not for you. Mm-hmm. And having that like that legit candor to say like my services might not be what it's worth. I'm happy to give yeah. you a freebie or I'm happy to go out and do a site assessment or I'm happy to do an advance for you or maybe just do this one for free. And you let me know what you think. Yeah. But EP comes at the cost of like, you can't just go in with this mentality of like, I know everything what's best for the client. It's not, in my experience, and, and again, I've only, and if people have been doing the math, I've only been doing it for 13 years. Yeah. The truth of the matter is that like the trial and error, especially in the, on the entertainment side, is that EP isn't just one thing. It's many things. It's yeah, so many things. walking the, their dog as to not expose them to undue issues. Happy yeah. to walk the dog. It's yeah. the going in and grabbing <laughs> coffee with them while they sit in the car with the driver. Yeah. They don't have to get exposed. Right. And is that EP? I don't know. It sounds a lot like customer service then is a security protocol. Yeah. Because the security protocol is like, well, they're in an enclosed armored vehicle. I think for that five minutes, unless the situation is dire. Yeah. Unless it's broken gone. arrow, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's what's up, man. That's a lot to think about. No. Am I doing what, you know what? So like, yeah, like kind of distilling that, like, am I doing what, like the most like effective thing that needs to be done to keep my clients safe right now relative to what's going on. You know, like, I think that's really the game because sometimes you're right. That's going to get some stink being a coffee getter, you know? And sometimes it's putting the car seat in the car and sometimes, sometimes it is covering your client through, uh, you know, through a crowd that got the drop on you (laughs) on your way to and, or, you know, moving through a venue really fast, you know? Yeah or manning the rails around the limo in order to, you know, get through Great something. Uh, so that's that. No, that's a real big, good answer, man. If I, if you were going to boil it down to, let's see, um, three principles that have made your career more successful, three specific, like, yeah, geez, I haven't even, th- I didn't think of what my three principles would be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the tables it. on you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. right. What do you think three principles are? That um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily one for lists, but I think that a lot of it comes from, you know, I'm, I'm not the morality police, but I can tell you that having a moral compass is, 
is something that's it's done served me very well. I think yeah. there's a lot of uh, warrior mentality slash protector mentality and like keeping your honor clean and yeah. ensuring the highest standards as much as you can. And, yeah. and don't get me wrong to you and obviously to your to your listeners, I, I'm I'm as human as the next guy and fail right. constantly, but. I also try my best to show up in my A game every single time with good intentions and I am prepared. And those, those like philosophies. And if you tell them like principles, it's, it's having like an, an, a readiness ethos. I know that's kind of like, I, that's one of my former um, commanders, Brian Shantosh talks about um, that, that type of always being ready, no matter what the situation is, even if like the chips are stacked against you, you're never out of the fight. So how do you, how does that work in the EP mindset? So like um, a lot of the great protectors that have written books talk about mindset and, um, and, um, and posture. Mm. So the mindset is that you're dialed in and the posture is that you're ready to do what's needed, whether it be to deconflict risk by way of distance or is it deconflict risk right here, right now? Are we in a position that we're going to get hammered right now? Get off the X, whatever the situation yeah. is. Yeah. And so those principles is, is an ethos preparedness. It's, you know, are, are you, do you have an answer to the situation that's about to happen? Are you proactively aware enough to meet that challenge? And if you're not, can you react in such a way as to get that client off the X? Yeah. And so getting yourself always in that position to ask, what if, yeah. what if X, Y, Z were to happen right now? Okay. Your halls and walls and it's hour 10 and they're still in the hotel room. It's like, yeah, what if, what if blah, 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 blah should happen? Are you yeah, still, are you dog certain? <laughs> Can yeah. you still run a hundred yards with a client on your back? Asking right. yourself those types of questions or even more simply like, are, are you, when was the last time you ate? Is your energy level so depleted now that you like, yeah. you had an opportunity, but you didn't take it. Yeah. You know, it's like, and always having this like consistent kind of almost um, like a, an emotional overtaxing of being prepared and yeah. what that ultimately means. And, nice and, nice and especially like for, for someone like yourself that has done yeah. immense operations, huge events, fantastically notable clients so and nice. their level of success. And you yeah. more times than not, you just kind of have to get up to there to where their level is. Yeah. And it's like, man, there, there, there's some extreme folks that do a lot of really great stuff. And like yeah. you, you talk about, uh, and I've got to, won't, won't get too far off the war path here, but, um, yeah. You know, we were, uh, some of the, one of the books that actually just got read or got done reading is called the, the Bremer detail, uh, okay. about, um, uh, the detail that Blackwater did in early 2003, 2004. Um, and, and talk about every day, dire circumstances. Are you ready to run and gun? Are you ready to provide the client who you need? Are you dealing with, you know, a home base that's like against you? You're the guy in the front, you know, I always liken it to, when you're working for a business entity and you happen to be the face of the, of the, of the talent or the client or the relationship, but you're getting told a whole bunch of like policies and procedures from a distance. You're trying to say like, Hey, this is just not the situation. So I always talk about as far as like the principles at all, it's like you have to be able to lead up and down the chain of command. Right. And so how are you better empowering the situation by limiting information or, you know, holding on to information or, you know, uh, presenting a, a situation that isn't going to really ultimately benefit anyone other than yourself. It's like, well, that might be your last job. And what do you have to show for it? A whole yeah. bunch of negativity. And so, you know, not, you know, just on top of, you know, the high standards and, you know, a, um, a preparedness ethos, it's just like showing up and, and being pretty, you know, pure and humble about what it is you're trying to accomplish. And again, yeah. like I said, like I, I'm, I, 
I'm a work in progress, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to think what I also do as far as a principal is to affect other people to do their best work. Yeah. A lot of what I do in my career and my job now is to ensure from a very strategic point of view is that in, in order for this machine to move forward, everyone has to be doing their best work. How do I help yeah. them do that? So like the EP mindset of like taking this siloed approach right now of ultimate protection, ensuring that, you know, your logistics are dialed in. Do you have a contingency plan? Do you have a medical plan? Blah, 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 blah. And then right. blowing it out a little bit further into like the business world in which I am now over at Netflix is that yeah. how do I serve the greater good in order for everyone else to do a great job? And I'm just hoping for a little bit of, you know, you know, uh, reflection back of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you need the information. It's my back. I'll scratch your back. And right. Um, so like I said, it's, it's my little blueprint to how yeah. I got to be where I am right now. And like I said, like I'm, 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 I don't even know where I am in my journey. I've got hopefully many, right. many, many years in this line of work. Yeah. Um, but some of the stuff that I've learned up to this point is like, Hey man, common sense, be a good person and put a smile on your face. Yeah. Uh, misery loves company, smoke a joke <laughs> a little bit, but right. get down to business. Ready to work when, you, when it's time to work. Boom. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Simple stuff. I think anyway. Uh, no, I dig it. No, no, I, I agree 100%. Um, what do you, what would you say would be the hardest lesson you've learned? in the private security game? Um, you can't be everything to everyone. I think that's one thing. Yeah. I think um, still in a very e- egocentric type of world, it's to constantly yeah. remind yourself that, you know, you might not be the best person for this gig. And yeah. this might, you know, if, if this works out great, if it doesn't, then hold your head high, try your hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest lessons learned, of course, was always taking a deep look into who I am and what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, exactly. Big old, big old finger facing at me, the man in the mirror, the whole bit. And something's breaking down. Yeah. So like the truth of the matter is like, you know, I, I, I try to be cognizant of where my missteps are and then just improve. And a lot of times they say like, you know, if, if you're, if you're not having fun, you should get out of here. But if you like, if if you try to emulate that type of thing, like, Oh, I'm not having fun anymore. But you like, you drop your pack. Yeah. Like life's not about fun. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's like a lot, like the folks that do this type of work, yeah. I think it's a very serious industry and people yeah. need to take it serious, but they shouldn't take themselves too serious. Yeah. No, you know, actually, and second thought, I agree with you, man. Cause like, I mean, I agree with you anyways, but I mean, I, when I thought more about that statement, like, man, I love what we do, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'm so happy I'm not in a cubicle. Like, trust more power to you if you if you are and you dig it yeah i mean yeah. do you but me i'm so happy that i get to travel and i get to like go backstage and have access to things and yep. i get to like do all the beautiful amazing things that come with this this type of work man yeah like, but as a grunt I, you know i was like if i end up in corporate america i don't know how long this is gonna be you know i had the same conversation like right I never do that oh here i am here i yeah. am <laughs> Yeah. Um, you bring up a good point. I, I think it's, I think it's also probably beneficial to say like for yeah. as many of the fantastic things that we've been afforded the right to do on the job, yeah. it is 90% grind. It's 95% yeah. grind. It's yeah, not is, is, I don't know, beautiful or I, I don't know. You, it's you like, use a word that I's higher than my pay grade to say, but like, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work. You know, it's an hour and a half before the client gets up. It's two hours yeah. after they go to bed prepping for the next yeah. day. Yeah. and maybe call time zero six in the morning and you just got back at four 
Like that's not glamorous. That yeah, sucks. No. <laughs> right, right. But how do you get through and how do you forge yeah. on? And like, are you providing the same level this day that you are the next day and ensuring that the client stays safe? Yeah, no. And it's funny when those things do happen, you know, like they're just like these, these, they're like these beautiful little kind of byproducts that are organic to what you're doing. But it's just like interesting when you're, cause I forget about it. And every once in a while, I got a new dude around me who's like, yo, we're about to be in the blah, blah, blah hotel. You know, we're in these cars. And I'm like, yeah, this is beautiful. Because I remember how I felt when this was a deep, this was like yeah. cool, you know, at yes. the same time. Yeah. I mean, make no mistake about it. Careful. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the same time, when I see that, I'm always like, yo, be careful, man, because you yeah. can't be getting like mesmerized by this stuff because it's, those are cool, but it's like they're side effects, like the work. The work is real, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm going to set that right there. What yeah, would you bro. say proudest moment is in this game, man? Like what op, do you have an op that went off and you were like, boom, this is the way I want yeah, it. You know, like, this is a moment where. That's a really good question as far as like, uh, I. so I can give you a pretty good example of almost a twofold kind of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So I, I was lucky enough to have a, I have a client go to Monaco and they were there to do some publicity work for a brand. And it also yeah. happened to be during the Monaco Grand Prix. Wow. <laughs> so I'm also a petrol head, gear head. I love fast moving vehicles. I've had motorcycles. I, you know. Oh, you're one of those Formula guys. racing is a big, <laughs> big, big, big deal for me. Yeah. And of course, it's like, you know, you're rolling in all serious and like, you know, all this. And like underneath, I'm just like. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so let, let me just talk about the twofold of it all. It's like in order yeah. to get to Monaco, you need to right. fly to Nice. You need to get on a helicopter. Then you need to get on a boat. And then you got to get to another boat or a hotel. And so you're talking about like trying to like stifle this like, oh, my God, I can't believe where I am. But <laughs> yeah. you a laundry list of logistics that you have to pave through multiple yeah. times in foreign languages. And, yeah. you know, at the end, we finally got to where we needed to be. She did her thing. I was able to watch a lot of the race and I was just like geeking out and I'm, I'm comfortable to say that with a little bit of, you know, trepidation. But yeah. Trepidation. To, you know, like, <laughs> serious stuff here. No, but no, no. But this matter was, it was, it was a great success because the, the detail went off really well. Yeah. And my, myself and the guy that I was working with did a fantastic job. We provided the service that we need to. The client was super stoked and happy. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of it, I was like, Oh my God, I'm in Monaco watching this GP It's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> Awesome. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. I'll say there's just no better feeling. I mean, it's just, there's just no better, not, there's, there's better feelings in life, but like, it's a really good feeling when you know, you did a good job. The client's happy. Oh, you yeah. know, you even got you a little sum of something, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, boom, that was, yeah. a, oh, we all got something on this one, you know, like we all got landed something that we wanted you know yeah, i know Byron, but but here, here's the thing where you know old dog type of mentality it's like yeah you get through that detail they're happy they might have not have said thank you yeah, yeah, give yeah. yourself a little bit of this mm -hmm. call you back hey man take that yeah and run with it and hold yeah. on to it because that's the stuff that makes the most sense because eventually you'll get some type of accolade where someone's like hey that was great and you're like hey it was thanks very much Mm -hmm. But in order to be successful in a very humbling type of li lifestyle as executive protection people can I get put into is that you said it perfectly. It's that accomplishment of the job. It's getting, right. getting the client past the wire. Everyone's home and in their own mm -hmm. beds. 
Wow, mm. that feels great. Yeah, we did. Everything, like thinking about the things that were like super close together as far as like logistical timing, like yeah. being able to get that client in that car in such a nice time where yeah. they didn't have any exposure and mm-hmm. stuff, like something very, for us is like, wow, that's, that, that's great to everyone else. It's like, well, it, yeah, like we got in the car and then yeah, you got in the car and you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like the, the inner psychic friction involved in <laughs> that's right. traffic and, was, you know, and all these things rubbing, like, rubbing the rubbing the rubber uh, the, the the rabbit tail. Come on, yeah, right? And then they get in the car and it works out. And you're like, we and yeah. you're like, all right, now we're doing this. But then, like, just as quickly as you exhale, it's mm-hmm. time to be on the next the next piece of the puzzle. Like you cannot, like it's all rounds down range. Like we learned in the Marine Corps. It's like, yeah. boom, that rounds down range. We're on to the next one. And like, yeah, because it's going good. Doesn't mean it's going to go all the way good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And until that, I hand that client over to like lock them in their house or wherever the house staff is or whatever. Like it's still game time. And yeah. Because it, it doesn't have to be some dude rolling up next to the limo and like, driving by with a Uzi. No, 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 right, man. Right, right, can, right. Your yeah. driver gets a phone call or like makes a wrong turn. Like just your driver makes a wrong turn, you know, and that puts a bad taste in their mouth, you know, and, and you have to like, you know, it can be literally anything that yeah. left on you because I guess everything just lands on the security shoulders, really. Always, man. And what's <laughs> interesting is that like when, when everything goes wrong and all the fingers are pointed at you, but everything goes great, those fingers don't, they're like, oh, Easy day. Yeah. Just don't notice. Really yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's the game, man. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So client management. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? Like, give us some examples of good client management definition for client management. What do you mean when you say this? What does this word make you think of? Yeah. So I would say like in the solo world, it's that like, <laughs> you know, ha- having a really great understanding of what it is your boss is trying to accomplish. Yeah. And so the client management of it all is that like, you know, if, if you got a corporate client or a government official, you know, like head of state, you know, like they, they have a, they have a mission just like you have a mission and the accomplishment of the mission has, um, has great gravity. So it's very interesting in the two worlds, I would say, um, from that side of the house to the entertainment side of the house, or let's say a private, private office, a private home office, because the truth of the matter is that like, especially in entertainment, like I said earlier, it's like they've most likely have had a little bit of taste of security and depending on who was put on them or oh, they could have been a yeah. buddy or they could have been, you know, some guy they, you know, found on Google or whatever. Yeah. That aftertaste is going to be yeah. built in. Yeah. And so they made the bed last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're very lucky to have a, a professional client that um, is, is working to accomplish something like if they're shooting a film and they're there and they're dedicated to do that, or if they're, yeah you know, like doing speaking engagements or they're doing, a, you know, these, these public events, you know, they're there to do their thing and they're there to go home. You know, there's a lot of freedom in the ability to, to manage the client because they're already leading the way. So what do you do with the folks that have some high profileness <laughs> to them? Maybe they're like the, 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 the hit of the month or whatever that now all of a sudden by way of branding, their people need like, Oh, we need to have security on this person. Yeah. So then how do you manage this client who is apt to expose themselves, not the bad exposure, but physically put themselves in harm's way because yeah. they believe they're in some type of image in order to sell more records, have better uh, return on investment for, for whatever, or, you know, being in a film. So you kind of have to get to the point of like, well, the service that you're trying to provide allows them the, the, the mobility and freedom of movement. 
or come to find out that it's a whole vanity thing while mm-hmm. you're standing next to them is, mm-hmm. is a, is a sign to others that you need that to have. Valid. Yeah. And so it's like, you kind of start riding this wave. I'm like, well, what are we actually doing here? Because the yeah. environment in which we're here is totally secure yet. I've been asked to be here and it, it's counterintuitive to like a little yeah. bit more of a protector mindset. So in the, in the That's entertainment profile world, yeah. yeah. Um, you have to start managing the clients to say like, for instance, if they start coming up with these grandiose ideas about um, their exposure to something that's totally wanton and you need to start, you know, like, yeah, you, you kind of get into the business saying like, I'm not going to say no to you, but I will say, but, and so and you kind of get into some of the variables maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> let's, let's at least set the stage in order for you to do what it is or what you want to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, saying yes, but, by way of saying, like, I'm going to educate by hopefully some adult, whether, I mean, the, the, the talent or the client could be underage and they might yeah. not be the one that's the handler and that's fine. Yeah. Someone has to have, there has to be some type of communication to say, like, hey, listen, happy to do yeah. this, but here's yeah. what we're going to have to do in order for that to happen. What do you think? And if they mm-hmm. say, no, we're going to do it, roger that, here we go. And if it fails, you did enough homework to say, like, this is a possibility. Yeah. And, and, and by all means, putting a, putting a client into an exposed situation. Like for instance, a good visual would be taking a client out the front door of a hotel to like 500 to a thousand people. Like in what world is that safe? But yeah. them, the, the optic of that is like, here are all my fans, but all it takes is for them to be like, Oh my God, we're getting overrun. So yeah. like, I don't think I want to do that again. So the next time I'm like, fix hey, it. <laughs> yeah, you fix it. Yeah. Right. Literally like this is your fault. You let me do this. Looking at you like you were so crazy for, and you're like, you fought me. We're here because of you. you yeah. Know? You can't say that. You just got to oh, fix no, it. But can't. I mean, I'm having just flashbacks at times yeah. when like, you did this to us. <laughs> the people are just <laughs> you, know, like, you did this stuff <laughs> and you know you get them out of it yeah by the grace of god they appreciate it and then they blame you for it yeah. sometimes <laughs> you know sometimes some of sometimes they own it but yeah yeah but that's the thing like in order to stave off that eventuality right. it's like having enough um professional gravitas to to say something say something to somebody who holds a lot of respect to a whole lot of people and like uh, someone that's super famous or a head of state or a business, you know, captain that, you know, is, is very well known or maybe not, or has an air of importance. So you got to cut it to him straight. So the client management component of it all is that you give them the options to make their own decisions. Right. And if you're able to have that yeah. type of communication with the client, yeah. you're so much better off, not just for this situation at hand, but for them to rely on you down the line. So yeah. let's just say that like, I'm thinking about taking my family to Morocco and we'd really like to stay over in this part of town. And they're like, that's great. In fact, I've got a great contact there that can help us out locally. If you didn't have that prior conversation that you were someone that can help fix something, they're not going to say, hey, we're going to Morocco. They're just going to be like, pack your bag, we're leaving. And you're like, well, I haven't had it in advance. I don't even know where we're going. So this yeah. is, a, it's, it's like basically conditioning them to feel as if they, you're a trusted person, like a trusted advisor. And I know a bunch of guys in the industry have spoke about this at great lengths. But that's where it kind of lies as far as like the client management portion of it all is that yeah. you're just being open and honest, but also giving it to them straight, but <clears throat> in a way is to not fear monger. Yeah. 
and not set do yourself you up for failure. failure. What do you mean? Well, it's like, oh, you know, sir, you can't do that because there's a protest and we're going to get, you know, blown up or whatever. Guys with AKs everywhere. And it's gonna be exactly. Terrible. They're going to be like, first off, you're a psycho. Second yeah. of all, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you, you can't get, you, you can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know the intel report. You, mm-hmm. or you've been lucky to see it firsthand. It's like, hey, sir, it, it just so happens that at this point in time today, there's going to be a protest. Maybe it's something that we can have one of the locals pick up this food, or maybe yeah. we can uh, redo this time frame for this meeting. Yeah. And just being open and honest. If, if, yeah. if, the, if the man or woman says, we're going, we're going to find out a way to go, and we're going to do, and it's going to be great. And you have to have also that little bit of enthusiasm. Yeah. Because if you're like, oh, boy, this is just holy This shit. is going to fail. This, this is going to fail. The whole thing. And he's going to be like, wow, you're never working for us again. Yeah, um, the emotional intelligence component is <laughs> so big. Exact, perfect, perfect way to, to encapsulate it, dude, is yeah. that it's an emotional intelligence. Say like, hey, hey, sir, hey, man, this is the situation at hand. What would you like to do? I, I have yeah. my opinions. Would you yeah. like to hear them? No, you don't. Copy that. Sure. And it does, you can't do that from day one. I had to learn that. There's a lot yeah. of uncomfortable conversations and stumbling through the way that you want to speak. Yeah. Does take practice. I yes. mean, I'm still not an ace at it, but I feel pretty comfortable now. Um, yeah. But like the the client management, man, it's like, it's a feel, it's a feel. It's like, you have to be very self-aware and have a lot of situational awareness about what it is that you're about to suggest. Like, I mean, you have to be very deliberate, very deliberate. Absolutely. And single word really stinking matters. (laughs) And they'll, like you said, they'll call you on it for sure. I I mean, as an example, and this is not something that happened to me, but a colleague of mine, a client um, had asked them, Hey, how long until we get to so-and-so place? He's like, uh, it's about 15 minutes. And the client's like, is it 15 or is it, about, or is it more? Yeah, yeah, yeah He's exactly. like, hey, sir, give me one second. So he basically had to eat his shit and say like, yes, sir, it's actually 25 minutes. He's like, good to go. And, and so essentially that client managed the EP guy. Yeah. As opposed to the other way around, which is fine. I mean, it's a developing relationship. And by the yeah. God, I'm sure he didn't make that mistake twice. Yeah. But I, I also kind of like hearken that back to what I was saying earlier is that like, I, what a perfect example of a failure that I luckily didn't have to go through Right. to say like, Hey, when a client asks you a very specific point in question, have a concrete answer. Even if it is, I don't know. I don't know. I'll find out. Yeah. Exactly. I'm looking at that now, sir. Like 100%. I think really kind of to your point, client management, you got to realize that you're, you're, you're literally developing a relationship. Like you're literally, it's a relationship and you need rapport and you need credibility because yeah. you need to be just as important as your sub second draw or whatever you're working on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More important, actually more important <laughs> your ability to influence, you know, to influence the dynamic in the situation and get things that you think would be good ideas implemented. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to the whole client management thing, I just look at it as you're making a bed, you're making a relationship. And I think too, another salient consideration is like, yo, they have a past, like they dated other people. So they're probably going to treat you like the people they've dated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Dude, and so a lot of it is like breaking down, you know, like past traumas <laughs> from past relationships. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So like, well, Brian, let me ask you this. Have you ever had a client or maybe like a, a brand new situation where they're like, Oh, I thought you were just security. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, God, that means that you've had a bunch of shitheads up until this point. Yeah. And, and by the way, when I say, I say that pejoratively, only because the experience might have been negative from their viewpoint, whereas yeah. the EP guy or the security team or whatever just might not have been the product that they were looking for, so yeah. they took it as a negative. So like mm-hmm. I said, I say it as a joke, but yeah. 
they have a bad taste in their mouth and yeah. they're like, I can't believe you're a well thought out human that yeah, yeah, knows I mean, a little bit more than just standing next to somebody and acting, right. you know, big and bad. The hand thing, you know, <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, man. Like I, and I, I really think that that's a lot of what it is, you know, and realizing when they're projecting what they expect onto you yeah. and realizing like when, and, and honestly, I mean, if you had a guy that's come before you, you know, that has kind of done some of those things or like that, that failed, you know, you have an opportunity to shine. You want to learn what they did and you want to mm -hmm. learn how not to do whatever they did wrong, you know? Um, but yeah, the client management thing's huge. And it does take, uh, it takes experience and time and grade, uh, because speaking to the person who essentially is holding your professional or financial well being, like in their hand while they're talking to you, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. If I make myself look like an idiot, there's a chance I'll lose more and, right. you know, it'll be much more difficult to protect this person or even keep my job, you know, like right. that, that consideration, it can make a lot of guys really gun shy when it comes to doing this. Um, and that's something I've definitely seen, man, uh, yeah. like apologizing too much and like, you know, you, you yeah. know, you make a mistake, you fall on your sword, yo, apologize, own it and move on and get the dignity back in your eyes yep. and freaking apply yourself. Good to go. Cause yep. if you sit there and start, I you know, some clients, if you tap dance around too much because you made a mistake and you're so sorry, they'll make you tap dance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They'll make and, you sweat. Yeah. And, and you're kind of playing into the dynamic. So totally right. I think confidence is a big, big, big deal, but I say confidence, um, and not, 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 not arrogance. I think the difference between confidence mm -hmm. and arrogance is that confidence is accurate and arrogance isn't. And that's why pride comes before fall and we're always mm -hmm. so turned off by it. But if you are just trying to like be the guy that knows a lot of time you're dealing with intelligent people <laughs> and yeah. they're going to know you don't know and you're going to be a joke. You bring but, up a good point though. I, I think it's a very interesting kind of like EP 101 type of scenario. It's like, you know, know your protectee, you know, for yeah. instance, like, if yeah. you're wearing 5'11 and he's wearing a business suit, it's like, well, you're now you're standing out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Or if you're, right. you know, answering questions above your pay grade and that you sound like an idiot, it's like, well, maybe you need to go back to figuring out what it is that you're doing here. So like, you bring yeah. up a good point about confidence. Is like I said, I, it took me a little while to get to feeling very matter of fact about the way that I, I, I project and the way that I speak. Yeah. But not from lack of forethought because of right. the trial and error, of being in situations where it's like, eh, that didn't go so well. Yeah, ma'am, I'm so sorry. So mm -hmm. we're actually going to have to go this way. Yeah. I'm like, I've been there countless times where it's like, okay, yeah. here's an example. You advance a space and the door that you thought was going to be unlocked is locked. And, you <laughs> and you're standing there and it's getting windy and you just like, Oh, the client's looking at like, the side oh, of your head. The door was locked before we unlocked, and there was somebody here. It's like, no one cares. Nobody cares. You're the Kill guy that took it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, yeah, and, and um, like all of a sudden, again, it goes back to that thing about it. It's a, it's a, it's a shot in the ego. It's like, yo, yep, <laughs> I yep. probably should have done this a little bit better. And then you get yeah. to the space where it's like you start not second guessing yourself, but just kind of like future proofing the way that you do things. It's like, if you go and you're doing a solo job and yeah. someone's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm like, red flag, no, 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 I'm going to worry about no, it. No, fact, we're going to talk excessively about what about it is this. that you think is not a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. You're, so you're get into this report. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like, 
anyone that thinks that like, oh, you know, oh, this is how we do it every time. I'm like, every time, except for this time, because this time's different. So you kind of get into this like mantra right. of like, I'm not going to be the one that's getting screwed here. Yeah. I'm going to get myself out of this one. Exactly. And by the way, you still might, you know, mess up and that's yeah. totally you, but you bring a good point about the, the confidence bit of it all. It's like, yeah. own it, see it, feel it, get through it and move no, on, man. Move on because they, a lot of, like you said, a lot of the professionals will just look into your eyes and be like, man, he's, he's defeated. Like yeah. he, he just, and, and they might not be like, Hey man, it's not a big deal. Like we went yeah. the wrong way. Like life goes on. Yeah. You, but truth be told, there are clients that will berate you for it and you might not come back. Truth yeah. be told, you might not. Because they need efficiency. Like, like but, these people operate at a level where they need efficiency, you know? Absolutely. And, 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 be, and because you because you set yourself up for success as much as you possibly can, mm-hmm. you know, have a little bit of like, well, that was a gut check. And it's like, yeah. all right, copy that. We're just going to do better next time. Fixing it. I'm yeah. fixing it right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, man. And I guess the last thing I'd say about that confidence, really, I think what it is, is um, one, kind of like we were talking about in the beginning, knowing who you are and knowing the mm-hmm. value that you bring overall. You may have messed up, but this is a compartmentalized issue. But overall, I know the value I'm bringing to this detailed team and to this work product. Mm-hmm. I'm going to outwork this mistake. This thing's passed. And um, also, in confidence, confidence doesn't mean you know everything. Being confident enough to say, I don't know, but I will find out. Uh, That's a confident response. And I think the energy of that confidence is really what they're looking for in their communications with you. Like, if you do make a mistake and you apologize and you're, like, defeated all day, like, (laughs) well, you're here for protection, like, you can't. Like, they won't want to be around you. They want to be around, like, like intelligent forward thinking people if they're a business person or they yeah. want to be around like cool fun people if they're like entertainment you know what I mean or yeah, yeah. you know they want they but they don't want to be around defeated uh puppyish sheepish energy yeah. over like things that are insignificant you know well so. I, I just thought of this connection to like EP it's like you just oodle looped yourself right out of it <laughs> yeah like, in a way so like you've just mind fucked yourself to the point where you cannot focus on the task at hand. Because, yeah, now you're... Because you, I don't know, like some... Okay, so if it was a... client didn't like your XYZ or something, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so you kind of put yourself, it's like, hey man, work through it. And, and, yeah. and a lot of that does come with uh, like stress inoculation of like, yeah. I've been in this situation before and I can get myself through it. Yeah. And then you breathe afterwards and like, yeah, that wasn't a big deal and you got yourself through it or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think you, I make, you make a perfect example of like lessons learned of what confidence looks like and then what egotistical kind of bravado looks oh like. Yeah. Cause like immediately people are like, Oh my God, you're so full of yourself. Yeah. Or you're like, I'm, I'm thankful that he had the, or she had the ability to say, yeah, you know what, sir, ma'am, I didn't know that. But here's the only thing I can say as far as like a professional development side is that you better know who's, who, who's got the answer. You better be like is always seconds the away from that answer. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, yes, I don't know that timing, but I know someone who does, and you should be not <laughs> on the spot with that, essentially. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, no, nah, man, that's good gouge right there. Uh, I, it's just there's so much good stuff, man. Like, I, could, I could go on that topic for a minute because that's, that's one that I, I think trips a lot of guys up, especially at the beginning of their career, mm-hmm. is looking that client in the eyes and being able to interact with them. Um, and it really just comes down to knowing your stuff and then also knowing, knowing your stuff on multiple levels because, uh, 
don't be, don't let, don't unravel after they start asking you two or three different questions into, into yeah. crash, you know, and if you can have that confidence going into that meeting that you're well prepared or going into that conversation or just getting in the limo mm-hmm. that, you know what, I'm well prepared. These are the things I'm expecting them to talk to me about all the way down to like one client would always ask the weather. Well, you better always know the weather. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, whatever it is, uh, it, it just puts you, the energy's better, man. And, Honestly, you are, you, you're, you're kind of like a thermometer in the environment. Like if you're stressed out, if you're unsure, if you don't really know your route and you're, the client's picking up on that. And in terms of client management, that's another factor. Like they're sitting there looking at the side of your head and you're like, you start seeming unsure and it gets a little colder in the car. And, you know what I mean? And, and then, and then Murphy like starts pulling out a baseball bat from, from, yeah, from, from his backpack. And like, this is know. happening. Yeah, and then there's some construction, and now you're in it. You're in it, broken arrow, and, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop smoke, you're done. Yeah, dude. Stay calm. Think through the equation. Prioritize. Execute. Yeah, and there's and it's you. You bring up a very funny kind of like mentality. Like you're sitting in that car, things are starting to go sideways. But like, if you can preserve that space, right. where. They, they're not anything of the wiser. Like if you have to text like yeah. a mad person, yeah. if you have to get the driver to get on the horn somehow to like work something out, uh, call someone else and not give your hand. Right. That's the stuff you were talking about earlier about like, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like you had no clue as to how much went in under the, under the, under the radar um, to get yeah. you just from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And that part of the mission success is like the, the holy shit moment. Yeah. Of like, I can't believe we got through this bit. Not, I'm not talking about like, eminent threat or some type mm-hmm. of an attack where you have to get off the X, which is obviously like the dire circumstances, but like yeah. even that type of like stuff. Yeah, man. You're, Cause it's going to happen, bro. Gotta be it's going to happen. You gotta be. And that's when you know you're dealing with a good crew because yeah. Murphy shows up, you know what I'm saying? He's got a machine gun or whatever he's into that day. And you're like, yo, we got to make a play. Here's what we're dealing with. I'm yeah. walking the client here. By the time we get here, this needs, and dudes are just like, no one's freaking out and having like a, you know, existential crisis. They're just like, <laughs> okay, boom, dudes are making moves. Yeah. I, had a, I had an incident a while back where <clears throat> clients on a, like a 15 minute jump. Uh, and they're, as the pilot takes off the pilots, like, you know, I'm like, yo, how many packs? And he's like, text me back. We got 10 packs. And I'm like, and I was specifically told because I asked. Okay. How many packs we got coming? Just two. And I'm sitting here and I just feel the breeze on my, on my face. And I'm like, <laughs> and I call the pilot up. I'm like, excuse me. Hey, yeah, what's up, man? How many people are getting onto your aircraft right now? <laughs> like, 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 yeah, no yeah, more yeah. words, bro. Bullshit. Like, here we go. <laughs> getting onto your aircraft. And he's like, 10, man. I'm like, Roger that. Thank you. Yeah. Click. And me and the team just went to work and like, yeah. There was that moment when they landed from the time that we were able to like pull a sprinter van out of our <laughs> and, and, and make it appear. Right. And it was just like, and I'm watching this aircraft like crest the buildings and land and I, and you dude, you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta have your poker face and you also gotta be ready to yeah. tell them exactly what happened if you have to and do it with honor and own it. Um, and not throw anyone under the bus. <laughs> you know, like, By the way, super, super great point because right? you throw anyone under the bus, just how far is that going to go for you? Right. You're always the one that's like complaining and so like, oh, pointing the finger the, the other way. And like clearly sometimes that 
I don't know. If you talk you just, to Jocko Well, like he'll be like extreme ownership. And and by the yeah. way, it's 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 a lot of it, that's a lot of great. You got a like that guidebook right there, right? But the after effect is if you are that type of person, you're not going to be relied upon. You're not going to be asked back. No. End of story. No, honestly, and and you kind of dishonor yourself. You know, you dishonor yourself. Like, well, I had one client that's like, you throw someone under the bus, you might throw me under the bus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, hey, I got They're talking you know. crap about them. What is he talking about me? You know, right? what I mean? like it's- when TMZ calls you, like. Can I depend on you, bro? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, are we, you sure you're good? You know, you just yeah. torched homeboy. Like, I know. Uh, so, no, man, that's good stuff. So let's break into a little more kind of like, like field craft. Um, yeah. This isn't new, but it's something that's becoming like, I think quickly a buzzword in our, in our game, in our industry, which is the whole overt versus covert security mm-hmm. uh, scene vibe, you know? Um what do you what do you think are pros cons differences? What do you prefer? You know, speak on it. Yeah, um, I always try to get my focal point to what's in the best interest of the client. I mean, that's yeah. kind of obvious in a lot of senses. So when you're trying to formulate kind of like a security protocol or plan for that specific thing, it, it all has to do with what it is that you're doing there. So for instance, a lot of the times when I try to provide like a covert way of moving clients from point A to point B. It would be about protecting something that's not just themselves. Like for instance, if I'm shooting a film, yeah. I want to protect their residence, whether it be a hotel, whether it be a private residence somewhere in a state. I want to ensure that when that client gets back to their home, they do not have to think about their safety and well-being. So for instance, you have a high profile person and you're rolling around a city and you happen to be living in that city, there's a good chance that you're going to get picked up by paparazzi. Yep. And so a lot of the things that I try to, try to do, and this is what I was trained to do, and it works because I've done it, is that you, you have to lose them in such a way. So you have to remember about the different routings that you want to take. So when you're doing map reconnaissance and you're thinking about different contingencies for if you're being followed. Now, the, the mantra for being followed by paparazzi, and this is, this is foundation, is that it's not worth anyone's life to try right. to evade paparazzi. Right. Full stop. <laughs> that photograph isn't worth you driving off a cliff or getting into an accident or anything. Hardcore like that or, driving. Exactly. Don't like, become uh, Jason Bourne. hundred <laughs> percent. Like right. doing J turns at speed, not part of the deal. No, we're good. Yeah. But if you're getting, if you're getting way laced in, like, in a foreign country and I mean, by all it's means, jump off the X. Yeah. On. But for something like this, it's like in a typical fashion, if you're leaving somewhere and you get picked up by paparazzi, it's not the end of the world. Mm. But if you can prevent it in a covert ways to move that client from point A to point B to protect their home. So yeah. for instance, like if I, if they're staying in a hotel or staying in something that's in an urban setting, I like to use a lot of uh, one way streets. I like to use hotels that have a, a, a one in and a one way out. So if I've got a driver or if I'm just in a, in a, in a POV, a lot of times I'll, I'll, and this is more for, for having a driver is that I'll say like, Hey driver, drivers into that, uh, you know, that underground parking, I'll, right. I'll pop out with a client, go to the back of the house, through the kitchen or whatever, to the back door on another street on 76th Street in New York, pick mm-hmm. up a cab and go to their house. So now the paparazzi think I'm in some hotel, yeah. but I've actually dipped out the back and the client's yeah. like, okay, I, I realize I'm, and a lot of times I'll prep the client or it's their idea, which is yeah. great. Yeah. I'm happy to, happy to give them full credit for it. Yeah. Um, but as long as they can maintain that you know, anonymity for where they live, yeah. And a lot of successes come after that because inherently they're public figures. They're going to be seen and there's nothing you yeah. can do about it. So covertly try to get yourself 
in positions, out of positions to preserve that type of thing. And then so like the, the overt side would be something that's inherently public. There's nothing you can do about this public figure on this public stage speaking to the public. At a specific time. Absolutely. Specific place. Everyone's got the itinerary. There, yeah. This is a total go. And so like, you know, if you're doing a threat assessment and you're setting up your concentric circles of protection and yeah. you know, you're starting to find out through the threat assessment or intelligence that this is not the best time because, you know, Intel has said that like, you know, a bomb maker or whatever, let's, let's get into yeah, like, a bomb line like that. Yeah. Clearly we're not going to show up that day. Sorry. Yeah. This is not part of the deal, but everything else is, fu- is fair game yeah. because in a sense it's, it's a public situation. So overtly you need to be part of an overt attempt to show any adversary that you are hardening your target. Right. You're moving them around very easily as far as the, you know, their abilities from point A to point B and that everyone on the team is Johnny on the spot. You're being right. very forceful of your show of force. Aggressive. Today's not the day you want to mess with us. And here's mm-hmm. why. Because they have no vantage point. Right. Clearly, it, I mean, we're not going to talk about movies or whatever, but if you're up on stage and you got long guns and all that stuff, I'm not talking about like, like heads of state and that type of realm because there's yeah. a lot of great people doing a lot of good work that is very, what are you, like high threat. So, you know, so yeah. You know, diplomatic security and of course like the Blackwater guys. Um, but more to the point of like public exposure, it's like how do we then on this overt way mm-hmm. chip away at what's totally overt? So let's try to find some type of middle ground. And I know I know we talked about that on our panel, is yeah. that you're either totally clandestine slash covert yeah. or you're totally overt. Yeah. And so the best kind of practice would be is find somewhere in the middle so yeah. you can kind of just manage this movement because clients going to go where they're going to go. Right. Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to it. So yeah. then how do you kind they of get meatballs like the risk? Spot. Yeah. <laughs> from point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's dialed in tight, nice bow. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, you know, best practice in the world is that the situation dictates clearly Heck using yeah. situation awareness and having that ability to communicate to the client. Like, Hey, maybe not the front door is a great time right now. And here's why, uh, yeah. you know, great. Awesome. We'll go out in the side and, Hopefully you've done your homework. Hopefully you have that communication. The guy that's running the gate, the guy can get you in here. Your cards are ready to go in like the yep. nine yards. You know, the back streets. Yep, totally. And so all of it plays into it. So if you're totally, well, as prepared as you possibly, you're ready for those type of uh, audibles. And yeah. so like in some situations, like, ma'am, we're going to have to go a little bit covert here in order to get you blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. if she's up for it or if he's up for it, hey, man, everything's going to be good in the world. Right, actively yeah. participating in their own yeah. security, which is great because a lot of yeah. times clients won't or they're yeah. not aware enough or they're doing something anyway. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, like what, what about you? Like what's, what's, what's your take on it? I think just like you said, essentially both of them are tools and I think situation dictates, uh, dictates the principles or the tactics situation dictates tactics. Um, and what I do like about, well, I guess an advantage guys like us have, you know, is that, I can easily take an overt <coughs> stance or I can take a more covert relaxed stance mm-hmm. um, and kind of switch back and forth between the two. If I need to sh- walk next to someone and look like Mr. Security dude, I can. Yeah. If I need to give them a longer uh, trail and I can um, maybe even pull out my cell phone and fiddle with it while I walk behind them and they do what they're doing or shopping or whatever, so that we don't draw attention from paparazzi. I can. Um, and so like, you know, just knowing where you're at and knowing the mission, you know, I had a couple times where, you know, 
there were some assets, some security assets that came with clients that had like expectations in LA, like, all right, everyone's going to be in a suit. And we are like, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, managing your client starts yeah. taking on a whole different kind of deal, you know, and you got to explain to their security assets that are essentially just trying to like ego you <laughs> and make yeah. you, you know, turn you into Patsy kind of, um, yeah. uh, that, Hey man, in this AO, like you run around in, in, in LA in a suit before we get to our first spot. We're just going to be on TMZ and it's just right. going to be a headache and our client's not even so high visibility that they'll ever recognize them. But just because we're in suits and earpieces, here we go, you know? So, um, you know, and, and, and especially international, there were times when we took a more overt stance, even though we weren't armed just to hedge against, you know, mm. any, any observers because we were tourists, you know? Um, so yeah, I'd say both of them, none of them, neither one is the answer. But oh, I would yeah. say great, uh, great, great point, man. both of them are tools. And I think a good, a professional knows how to move in and out of using either one based on the situation. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's also interesting as far as like a training component of it all. It's that like, I, I didn't go through like the FBI surveillance school or right. like how to do um, counterintelligence. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. In, in Marine Corps, I, I did a bit of that stuff, but not, not, not on this. And it, it, again, it's a lot of common sense and you're right. It, it's a total tool. It's like, do I have to bring out something kind of completely overt right now in order to yeah. dominate this, this, this terrain this to control this aspect just to yeah. get the client from point A to point B or like, kind of like you said, like fumbling around your phone, drop back. A perfect example could be like at a, at a, at a restaurant, you're posted up at the bar. You're looking like just a single idiot, <laughs> just eating right. alone. Yeah. Lunch. Yeah, but you're you're observing the client and and also observing what's going on in their world <clears throat> mm -hmm. and getting ready to to do your thing. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 a good long practice of <clears throat> essentially kind of going through those scenarios in space and time. It's like what's the best play here in order to do the job? What to get the end result? How do we get there? And to your point, maybe it is covert because I remember and you brought up a good coin. Like if you stand next to somebody, they can immediately pigeonhole you to one thing. Right. And I always kind of kind of came from the mindset. I'm like, if I can get the adversary to think I'm the boyfriend, the manager, the assistant, yeah. whatever, I'm still kind of at an advantage because they don't know what it is. And they're kind of questioning what this is all about. Yeah. And of course that can go in the realm of total adversarial person, or it could be just like paparazzi who get the drop on you. I mean, yeah. Years and years ago, there was an issue with one of the guys that <clears throat> in the EP world that got pegged as a manny, a, a man nanny, because he was standing next to the client, like pushing a stroller. Like, God forbid, yeah. he's not doing his job specifically and didn't have no essay on the fact mm -hmm. that someone was taking his photograph. And the guy got outed as, you know, something that he wasn't. It was a horrible mm -hmm. situation, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but then again, and I think this kind of goes into what we've been talking about for a while now is that it's also kind of like, as the situation dictates, it's that um, it's the impression in which people are viewing the situation dictates mm. the reality. So yeah. perception is the reality. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and, and this isn't for like the, the, the PSD guys or for the government guys, because you know, there's a rhyme and a reason, a lot of orchestration to what they do, but on yeah. the side, and especially entertainment, it's like, if they think this is what's happening, then that's what they think. And there's nothing you could do to change that except mm. harden the target, be proactively aware have the ability to communicate and just stick to the EP basics to yeah. then better exemplify the situation. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, man. No, I, I love both approaches. Um, 
I'd say I prefer being a little more covert, mm -hmm. like on a daily swerve when a client's like, all right, we're going to go do this thing. I'm yeah. like, if I get to choose, I'm CCW'd up and I'm like pulled back and I'm like, yo, live your life, man. I'm just going to make Absolutely. sure nobody messes with you uh, and drive you to, or, you know, be here, whatever we need to do. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I, I think that's the one that I prefer, but yeah, knowing when to use push what button is like really the game, you know? Mm -hmm. um, cool. That's what's up. And so we've talked a little bit about the industry, uh, but like executive protection as an industry, you know, yeah. what do you think about that? You know, that's the, kind of uh, academy, like <laughs> that's the big meatball out there these days, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I didn't even know this whole thing. Like, yo, real quick, like, yeah. like, I mean, when I even when like that was my first close protection conference I went to. I went and shot last year, which okay. I'm coming this year, and I'm training and I'm trying to win that shooting competition next year. At least be top something. So just <laughs> let that be hardware. known, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, man, I didn't realize there's all these like there's like culture and cool kids and like not cool kids. Like there's a lot in there. I yeah, it's it's last decades. I, I'm just realizing this thing. <laughs> you it's know, hard. It's hard to kind of put it into its own box now, isn't it? It's yeah. one of those things where there's a lot of folks doing EP work, and mm -hmm. I'm not going to start throwing stones at folks. Yeah. You know, because truth of the matter is, is that like there's a lot of people that might misrepresent themselves based on the skill corset. Like, for instance, I could have very easily, or yourself included, been like, yeah. "Well, in the military, I did this, so that means that I'm, you know, I can do this job." Right. And so not saying that that's not a bad approach, but again, it only could get you so far because professionals then realize that you don't know what you're talking about. And so like, for instance, with like the EP as an industry, because it's such a wide kind of net, mm -hmm. the slices and the different kind of uh, uh, focuses, like I, I, di I didn't do PSD in the military. I was a grunt. I, you know, close yeah. with and destroy the enemy. Me I didn't too. protect yeah. any generals. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like no. I wasn't Blackwater. I had opportunities to do that after the Marine Corps. I decided mm. not to yeah. because it kind of was like, then that's military stuff. And I want to leave that to the military guys yeah. but That's for something else. But my, my point is about the, um, um, about the skill set is that the EP industry has so many wide varieties of, uh, of, of experts <laughs> It's right. like there's no way to stand and realms and realms of security. Yeah. You know, and, like and I think that on our types. panel, you're bringing up some really good stuff about, about faith-based protection and how yeah. there's, it's a whole other galaxy of, of people <laughs> that you work for Yeah, and the folks that are actually there at these events specifically. So even right. your level changes and the mission. Yeah. yeah. The types of threats. <laughs> right. It, and so like what's, what's, what's interesting in the government kind of corporate side doesn't necessarily translate. And mm -hmm. so for people that are trying to cross deck or have more experience, you know, it, there isn't a, like a playbook. Now, clearly a bunch of really great people have, 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 have written books on protectors mm -hmm. and, you know, but a lot of them will say like, it's one of the oldest industries out there as far as being a protector, like but like business-wise as the EP industry goes, Hey man, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough nut to crack because yeah. we've got these advisory boards. And of course the mm -hmm. one that we spoke at, it's a really great situation. That's just kind of blossoming. Yeah. Growing. But there's, there's, I mean, you look, look at, look at it like this, like in, in the UK, SIA has got some type of standardized way. You can't be, uh, um, yeah. uh, an EP guy without, you know, Going through that, getting that card. So without a, with an absolute minimum, you've said that you've done some type of training to get you to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Awesome. 
here in the US and especially in California, you need a guard card. And yeah. now you're an EP guy. Like I, that, that seems to be unfair, not yeah. so much to the people in it. And I'm not going to go on the ego side of things. I'm going to say it's unfair to the clients. It's like, yeah. you, just because you just got out of secret service and I'm not going to pigeonhole the secret service because they do a lot of fantastic awesome. stuff, yeah. but entertainment and secret service are oil and water. Yeah. So they find it's a still middle of like yeah. well, how it is to protect this, this, this lone individual right. on entertainment. We don't, you don't have the resources that USSS has. Right. And on the entertainment side, the bureaucracy and the, and the, and the compartmentalization and the checks yeah, and balances, the bureaucracy is a lot of times not even there. Right. And so they're, 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 as far as the protector kind of like realm goes, it's like a lot of good things can come together if we marry them somehow. Yeah. So there's some, obviously some misconceptions about kind of the things that we do on the entertainment side as far as the professionalism. Mm -hmm. But right. I'd also be liking to say that there's some misconceptions on professional protectors on the government and military side. Yeah. 100%. So clearly the mountaintop is humongous in order to get to it. But I think this kind of like motion of what we did at the, uh, at that EP convention and forgive me, um, uh, IPSB board. Yep. Yeah. Um, they are really kind of moving the needle forward and yeah. in, in, into a dark room essentially because no one really kind of understands what the end game looks like. Yeah. So you can maybe pigeonhole other industries and you can be in a position to kind of emulate other things, but there really isn't anything else like it that I've seen. And maybe I haven't put enough work into it to kind of emulate something, but professionalism is very characteristic of, of, of the centerpiece. I think as far as standards and practices go. Yeah. And so like having that kind of paved the way is like, as long as everyone's being professional and accommodating the folks that we're working for and the people that are paying us and ultimately mm -hmm. we're protecting them. Yeah. I think that's a good kind of motivator to kind of move forward to. And like I said, like I, I'm happy to be along with it. It's how we yeah. I met you. I think this yeah. is your podcast is reaching a, a, hopefully a lot of folks doing a lot of yeah. good things for people. And I know you, when you brought up the, the topic of the industry, kind of just seeing there's a lot of old world mentalities out there. Yeah. There's also a lot of new emerging styles yeah. of EP and to be in a position to, um, to hone it and then yeah. to adopt it because everyone's kind of scared of putting a stamp of approval on something. And then all of a sudden, right. well, you're this industry's guy and you've got the best, this, that, and the other. It's like, well, yeah. is that, is that really true? Because yeah. there's plenty of people that have been successful without that type of kind of either training or exposure exposure or and recognition yeah. and i don't know what, yeah. what do you think well and it's growing so much like this is like i feel like it's like the security gold rush up in here bro like because <laughs> <laughs> you know with the way that the world's going or at least the yeah. way that it's publicized that the world's going i was doing a report for one of my classes and i was trying to I was trying to put something together like a like a scary shock and awe. The world's so crazy right, right now. And I was looking at FBI statistics and I don't remember. But essentially what I really learned was actually violent crimes are actually down <laughs> from the 80s and 90s, I think, early 90s, 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is horrible. Like, <laughs> I'm going to finish my report. Like my whole yeah. life. You know, it was like something about how you need a CCW or something. Anyway, but um, I was like, well, dang, you know, like. Um, but, you know, now that we have all this connectivity and publicity mm -hmm. being allocated the way that it is with yeah. specific events, um, I think the world's getting a little bit more, 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 more scared. And I think that, you know, I think 
even everyone in the security industry sees that. And also they see that like, yo, the second you put a stamp of approval on someone, some tactics, some anything, uh, TTPs, the enemy's techniques and, and everything have changed. And now they're not shooting people anymore. Now they're driving vehicles into buildings and everyone has vehicles. So now what's the new uh, protective measure? And, oh, wait, we're, we're getting reports that they're going to now use uh, uh, chemicals. Like, you know, like, like handheld chemicals and girls and, you know, like, you know, homegrown terrorists and like, like, you know, like what's the new, you know, so I feel like the industry is a little gun shy because it's not as cut and dry. It's not a dude rolling up on the president with a six shooter. And it's not like guns are almost, uh, just not, they're not necessarily, you know, they're, they're not absolute obsolete, but they're, they're not yeah. the primary and only means of doing harm now. And I would agree. So, I think our industry is like evolving so quickly right now that everyone's really just in a state of trying to be proactive. Mm -hmm. And, but I think also another thing that really, uh, I think maybe limits some people and, 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 and stops them from like discovering their full potential or being who they could be in the industry is just being afraid to be wrong and being afraid to, uh, um, stand behind something or their own ideas because, yeah. In this industry, they will eat you like armchair quarterbacks are real, man. Trolls are there and they are waiting and they got their neck beards and they're living in their mom's basement with their big gulps. Yep. <laughs> and they're, you know, like trying to tell you that you were wrong. Yeah, and they'll then they will blow you, and there's more of them on Facebook than anything else, you know, <laughs> then you know what I mean? Or no, it's dude. wherever you're posting your stuff. Yeah. And so it really also is a time where it takes like balls of steel to be able to be vulnerable enough to put your ideas out there. Mm -hmm. learn from the market, learn from whatever it is and to be able to intelligently defend those ideas. And if, you know, vulnerabilities are found in those ideas to say, Hey, you know what? This was actually the point. Yeah, uh, so thank you for that consideration. And let's evolve this idea into something more valuable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause my ego is not attached to it. My identity is not attached to it. Yeah. Uh, my identity is attached to doing good work. So, you know, thanks for punching a hole in that thing. Let's, let's see, let's patch it up and see if we can't make something better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think with regards to the industry, I think it's an exciting time. We're seeing mm -hmm. exponential growth. Uh, I think we may take over a lot of jobs that are done by, you know, big municipalities and things like that in the future, possibly. Yeah. Um, and, right. and, and I just see a lot of expansion, man. I think that, we really haven't figured out all the things private security can do. Mm -hmm. And I think also as technology grows, man, like the applications are expanding as well with yeah. regards to what we can do and what we can, how we can help people live safer and, and more efficient lives, you know? Yeah. I, the, the technology side of things kind of, well, for me, used to be kind of like a, a foregone conclusion that I'll know nothing. I mean, I know, I know how to type in a computer. Yeah, you know dude. what I mean? It's like one of those things. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not a youngster. So I, but I'm I still don't understand, like, you know, yeah. like, it's not a crayon or I can't break it or whatever. I'm like, I kind yeah. of don't want it. Right. right, um, right. But like, for instance, like the, the correlation between doing great work in the field is that like, you have to be able to adjust to the situation at hand. And by way of it, it's going to be technology somehow or another. Yeah. I know at the conference, there was a panel about the technology that's out there. And I know that one, like in, in, in our shop now, we use this, um, this like, um, it's called data miner and it, it yeah. basically aggregates and pulls in the fire hose that is Twitter mm -hmm. and comes into a nice, easily yeah. digestible kind of manner. And we do a lot of great uh, situational awareness and intelligence gathering from that. 
Mm. And so like, for instance, clearly the, the solo EP guy might not have those types of resources, but there's open, open source intelligence out there. I, I know that a couple guys out there doing good stuff on the, on the, um, on the open source stuff, just kind of figuring out the best pipeline in order to get to it. But as far as like industry wide, it still is very hit or miss yeah, as far as the, the, kind yeah, of. The, the, the ability to kind of like, well, you can't have like a total clearinghouse. There are a couple companies out there that are trying to make that attempt. And that's awesome. Like, by the way, be, be marketable to as many people as possible, but also have a really high quality type of output is, is definitely plan number one for the majority of yeah. these companies. But I think you're totally right. As the world evolves, thus yeah. too shall we evolve. And if right. we don't, and we go like with this practical way of like, well, I don't need this and this isn't going to help me. But it's like, why not just say like, well, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, I, I might not use it this time, but I might be able to do it next time. But you brought up a good point about being free enough to speak your mind without the penalty of being you know, um, being called out as a heretic because you're thinking an alternative way of saying something. Yeah. Burn the stakes for it. Burn the stake. It's like, all right, sorry, I brought it up type of thing. But I also like to kind of think like if we're in a forum, like we were at that, at the, at the convention, a lot of more good can come out of it as opposed to just kind of throwing stuff out there and see if anything sticks because at least you start getting the backing of other people with more voices that are with you. Now, clearly that might be like an echo chamber type of situation, but as far as like the EP industry is itself, we can't, I mean, I am not speaking on behalf of the EP industry. I just kind of think that like in order to get the best quality product out to the folks that need the most, there's needs to be some type of streamlined um, standardization process that at least gives clients, customers, protectees, a, a, a list of what they can be doing. Like, do I need a, a straight solo EP guy that flies the entire world or a gal that flies the entire world that can be with me? Or do I need something that's a little bit lower for uh, maybe an event or maybe that's yeah. something like residential mm-hmm. just to at least show that there's, um, you know, different options out there. And clearly companies are already doing this and that's what's yeah. great about private industry. Cares, you yeah. can do that. You right. Know? Whereas yeah. it's like, uh, you know, the FBI protectors, Secret Service, obviously, or DS or any of the other ones, they're going to have a job tomorrow. Like they're going to elect a new official and they're going to go protect them. It's like yeah. that EP side of things is like, there's no kind of buy-in for them to do not extraordinary work. And that's not the right way to describe it, but they're going to have a job tomorrow. Whereas yeah. in private security, it's like, you have to be good today because you might not have a job tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And so then there's a whole other kind of like grassroots effort. And I think that comes from training. So like the different training academies out there, I don't think they should kind of come together, but there needs to be some type of collective mindset of like, what are the standards that mean the most? Because there are plenty of places that are lean heavily on, on firearms and mm-hmm. defensive tactics, whether it be driving um, hand-to-hand uh, and then of course with firearms. And there's others that are strictly soft skills and they're like how to be more professional and that kind of, that, mm-hmm. that um, uh, the soft skill side. Yeah, the soft side yeah. of things. And like, if there's, if there's a way to bring everybody together and by all means, Hey, this is America or this is a first world country. You're afforded the ability to kind of throw out there and see if someone wants to buy your product. I and mean, it's great if it's not, but that's a little bit dangerous too. Right? So you're marketing a product 
that not might not be exemplary. But then again, who am I or who do you to say that that product's not exemplary? Right. So right, like, right. And again, it's like this kind of like spinning the wheels. It's like what worked real great for this company might not work great for that company. Yeah. Or, or their client. Or the, yeah. Or like the the secret service style might not apply over here, but it might over here. Yeah. So again, not going to be the one that most likely is going to be writing anything down. But I'd love to be able to contribute with someone like yourself to get somewhere where it makes a lot of sense for the folks that we serve and, you know, try to do yeah. that. Yeah. No, 100%, man. That's, and that's kind of the, that's the dichotomy of this game. You know, it's just yeah. so like, bah, 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 bah. well, what are you doing well, with your client? I'm, I'm doing this. Well, uh, oh, well, I actually work at a faith-based based organization. Our primary considerations are this. And right. you know, it's, it's all different, you know, that's, but I think that also makes a lot of room for a lot of different types of people to get into the game. So I think that's mm-hmm. cool. So misconceptions. <laughs> I think we hit a lot of them. Yeah, you know? I think we did. I mean, we, it's it's the it's, any on the top of your head. I mean, no, it's I don't know. I think everyone's kind of met the thirty-one flavors type of guy or yeah. gal out there that you know <laughs> showing up thinking it's one thing when it's clearly yeah. not. And, yeah. it's, and sometimes, like I, I always like to take the hit. Like if one of my people that I have in the field is inaccurately portraying themselves correctly. That's my fault, not theirs, but mm. that only goes so far. Cause yeah. like if you're showing up looking like Billy badass with five elevens on yeah. and you're doing a faith-based thing, it's like, mm, maybe not the right place for that. Yeah. That person should be a little bit geared to kind of just maybe asking that first question. Like, Hey, what's the attire here? Or yeah. even if you're asking what the attire is, it's like, why am I wearing it like this? Because to yeah. the point of what you were saying about the client who asked for you to be suited and booted, like in LA, it's like, it doesn't translate. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not relevant here. I mean. And so it all kind of like this churn of these different um, details and port points of when it call, kind of call, uh, culminates or culminates, that's the word. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> to, you know, when you're actually on the detail itself, yeah. it's like, are you there to serve the client ultimately? So of course the misconceptions are that, you know, it's not glamorous standing next to a, a, a superstar yeah. doesn't translate to you being anything bigger than they are. It's like, it, it, that's not how it works. And that there's some of the misconceptions are, it's like, it's just holding hands or babysitting, you know, high profile people. I think that couldn't be farther from the truth. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There are some kind of clients out there that might want that. Yeah. And yeah. that's okay too. But it doesn't mean that's... exactly. That doesn't make you EP. It right. takes you're a guy or a gal filling a slot for that day. But yeah. the EP comes into fold. I think in the misconception piece is that it's a career. Mm-hmm. It's a mindset. A protector isn't something that you just do on the weekends or at nights yeah. to fill in for somebody. It's yeah. an ethos that you live by. And by all means, it's like whatever you can do to improve your situation. If you're a doctor, lawyer, whomever, construction guy, it doesn't matter. As long as you're voluntarily pushing yourself forward, the misconception is is that the things that you see on TMZ sometimes is clearly the opposite because you know different. And you're like, you're seeing this. It's like, I'm... I'm confused and confounded about why this is translating, but then you look at the client and then you listen to the situation at hand. It could be just, you know, it could be also the motivator that the paparazzi wanted you to do something or he goaded you into like a reaction or whatever. And now all of a sudden, like you're saying something they probably shouldn't have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the also the misconception is is that you can't just, just jump right into it. Clearly I I had the benefit of going on to a firm that had a nice client list Uh that was able to operate with and then kind of, move out from that way. Mm. But if you're in the, if you're in the industry, just, just, just starting out, it's a, you, you take what you can get 
Yeah. And you build. And you build. Yeah. So the misconception then comes in is that you just, you know, get off the plane at LAX and all of a sudden you're handed the detail. It's like, uh, sorry. No. No. And I'm sorry that you thought that. And so yeah. I think there's a lot of components as far as demystifying the industry on the entertainment mm-hmm. side. Yeah. As far as that goes. And I think too, like you don't want to just be put in a close protection situation if you haven't been seasoned a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, because we talked about at the beginning of this thing, you make mistakes. (laughs) It's a high pressure, high scrutiny situation and it's unforgiving because once you lose that rapport, it's very hard to come back from that. If you have a chance to come back from that, you really want to be able to watch this enough to evolve quickly enough to be able to then handle the comp when it's reluctantly handed to you when it's handed to you. And it's like, okay, now I'm playing for keeps on my own. I can't hide behind this guy, this detail leader guy anymore. He either got axed or, you know, like he moved, whatever happened. And now I got to fill this slot, you know? Um, so, yeah, and then also with what we do, man, it, I think on misconceptions, they can be dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. because what we do, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's combat related at times, but even worse than that, like if you try to go harder than you're supposed to go or um, uh, at the wrong time uh, or you, you think that you're more than you are or anything like that yeah. misconceptions can be physically dangerous but they can also be very dangerous to your career yeah like you were saying you show up in the wrong thing say the wrong thing have the wrong mentality the wrong and i hear you with the wrong mentality mm-hmm. you know we're going to try to remediate as, as efficiently and effectively as possible but yeah. if you're just if hollywood has ruined you then I can't let you get too close to my client or really do anything significant because those yep. types of mistakes are too expensive and it's on. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you, the point you're bringing up as far as like the, um, the, the leadership component of it all is that I think in, in, in a lot of ways what we do is pure leadership because you're not only just obviously leading the detail or if you're a solo yeah. guy, obviously instituting this type of security pro- program by yourself. But yeah. the leadership, like I said, about up and down the chain, it's like you doing that with your own company, ensuring that they've got the proper information. And along with right. the client, we're client managing over on this side. So you have to be almost of this, obviously, multiple type of hat wearer. Yeah, right. But at the end of the day, make the, make the call what's best for the client. If it's yeah. best for the client, you're going to be good to go. And yeah. however else that realms, because if the client at the end of the day doesn't like what you did, then there's, there's nothing you can do about it. It's over. Yeah. Yeah, and so you and just you move run, on to the next. Run, maybe like not, I said, no. exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what's up. So something else that um, I think definitely deserves to be talked about is training standards. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pop in here on this one right after you get done. Uh, but please yeah, do. Yeah, man. Training standards. What do you? How do you feel about that in this game? So it's interesting. I think if you're not afforded the right, like, uh, like some folks about jumping into a company where you can kind of be groomed, find mentorship, do as many details as you possibly can and do the OJT or on the job training, make the mistakes in real time, as opposed to another version, which is not any less better, I should say. Um, but like going through the schooling, getting as many credentials as possible, there's a lot of value in that. The only yeah. issue is, is that there's no stress involved. There's no stress of knowing what it feels like to be at the, at the receiving end of an ash chewing because, yeah. to my example, you walk them down a corridor where there's a locked door now and mm. the timing might have been off and now their yeah. day is ruined and now you're yeah. getting yelled at 
-hmm. there's nothing you could do to brace for the challenge. Like clearly there's life skills that you can like already have. I mean, like you and I and others like us have military training where it's like, Hey, we got pretty thick skin and we can pretty much deal with whatever's going to be thrown our way. But always being said is like, there's a professional component. Okay. With that being said, training standards kind of boil down to what it is that your objective is. So for instance, if you want to be someone who, you know, works in a world that is totally formulated to being a solo protector, there's a lot you need to do in order to get to that place. And it's not just about taking as many schools as possible. I think you said it earlier, working your way up, going through the paces, paying your dues, getting to the space where someone like you as a business owner can say to someone like me, okay, you're good enough to be alone with my client essentially, or the client that we've now conducted business with by way of contract. I believe that you can go and accomplish this job. Now there's nothing better in the kind of, in our world to have that kind of like, I'm going to say like, yeah, the, the, the guy who actually developed the client is now saying, Hey, you can go out with this client. Yeah. That in itself is, I think, the pinnacle of his training standard because yeah. you are accomplishing what it is that the mission is asking for. Yeah. Full stop. That doesn't say, like, like I, I don't need to go do Tony, and I forget Scotty, I think I can't remember, his, his high-speed driving course. It's, mm. And you talk about, like, tools in a toolbox. Yeah. That's a tool for the toolbox. But right. the training standard of it all is that the validation is you're, you're, you're getting repeat business. Uh, you're becoming someone in the industry that's reliable. And you're also helping other people in order to get to a certain place. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately by way of however you get there is fantastic. So if it is going through the EP academies, if it is, you know, being a cop or going to the military Mm -hmm. or just being um, uh, school fed in a sense that, you know, you're, you're taking as many things, classes as you can in order Mm -hmm. to get to the place where you can feel the stress Yeah, and do get those those reps of, speaking to clients or getting yourself out of a covered evacuation situation or, yeah. you know, being in a foreign country, not understanding the language, it's still having to get the job get done. Yeah. So those stresses right there. And, and clearly you and I haven't been talking too much about the dire situations. So right. things like you are caught in an L shaped ambush and you need mm-hmm. to get yourself out of there driving through it or however you need to do it. Yeah. Those situations are, are, are built upon very hard set skills. And if you right. don't have those skills, I'm not quite sure what it is that you're doing here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, soft right, skills right. that kind of butter that bread. Yeah. What kind of takes you onto the next realm? Kind of. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so if you got the protector's mindset, you've got the correct posture, and you're a good yeah. person. And I'm not okay. I'm not the morality police, but if you're a good person, yeah. you go farther. Blah blah blah. This is true. It's and so true. So as far as like training standards, it's like find the best and brightest take, yeah. take someone's reputation and hold them to that standard. If, yeah. if they're taunting themselves to be the best in the industry, yeah. then I, I hope you're getting your money's worth. And if you do fantastic, go out there, do good things. And if you're not, I hope you're saying, Hey, you know, maybe in a professional capacity, this really wasn't worth the money in which I am trying to invest here. And, and by the way, mm-hmm. that's totally valid because in this scenario, you're the customer. And if you're yep. not getting out what you put in, it's like, Hey, you know, mm-hmm. you just, spend a whole bunch of money and probably wasted a whole lot of time for someone that, yeah. you know, you could have probably got, you know, off the internet watching, you know, a YouTube video. Yeah. That's just true. You know, God bless YouTube for everything. Yeah. It is. <laughs> you know? Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I, uh, yeah, man, like the training standards thing for me, like really kind of has vexed me is, you know, like I've been on a number of different details, uh, in my short little decade in this game and, 
I've worked for one company that has taken its guys to the range and we're about to go and actually train and everyone needs to perform to a standard. That is by no means like the, the, the rule, you know, I've been on details with a lot of guys that, um, we just never ever went to the range, you know, and that's because of working and a hundred different things. But I think that if we're ultimately trying to be cohesive in some type of combat engagement, mm -hmm. then I think that that should be, um, that should be some considerate. There should be some consideration for that. If we're working together, you know, mm -hmm. um, now on my details yeah that's being implemented you know and awesome. i feel really good about that but you know for a long time i was kind of like do i even know if this guy can like bang or like move or like do anything like yeah. i mean like it's not a good feeling to have up like yeah exactly you know and then you know being a grunt you know we're i we know what it's like you know to be like you think combat is one thing yeah. you know and then it starts happening and you're like <laughs> This, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know what it takes for a civilian to get shot at and react intelligently and, and decisively. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I remember learning those lessons and, you know, I'm looking around and like, so, uh, you know, I think it's really important, you know, and I've had a lot of relationships in this industry where I've been like, like, you're a really cool guy, but like, yeah. oh yeah, what do I know about what you can do? You know, yeah. I guarantee like, and I learned this in the Marine Corps too. If we start doing a training exercise and you try to get through a scenario and you've never worked with these other three or four guys, I will jam you up. You will right. be bunched up. You will be confused. You won't know how each other are going to move. Mm -hmm. You could have all went to EP schools and guess what, bro? Give me some sim rounds. Okay. <laughs> and like, if you've never really moved with these guys, you're probably going to get your feelings hurt. Me included. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. you guys be bumping into each other and like, you know what I'm saying? This stuff. And I, and I, you know, and, and if, so it's something that I've been like looking at, you know, and inviting guys to train and they're awesome, just like, cool. you know, but you always get excuses because there's an ego boundary. There's an ego barrier a lot of times, you know, and it's like, you know, I got a hundred times, 100 times more respect for the guy who will come out with me and be like, Hey dude, I haven't picked this thing up in a long time, bro. <laughs> you know, like I haven't been real. I've been working and being a dad and doing yeah. life and adulting. <laughs> All right. So like, I ain't been out here, you know, messing around for a while. Uh, so, you know, like, let's just take it slow and yeah, say, yeah, yeah. And That's I'm going to be like, good on you. Uh, and get on you for getting the heck out here, you know, and busting some dust off and, and busting yeah. dust, you know, um, if you're carrying a gun for what you're doing, you know, right. you might not be. And if you're not, then this is like a whole nother kind of no factor for you. But for the guys on the ground who are mm -hmm. considerations, you know, um, so like, do you know what you can do? Do you know what your team, you and your team can do? Right. Um, you got your SOPs written down. Like, can you execute on those things? And then the other kind of training for me, you know, like, I mean, I consumed like two or 300, I'm gonna like, like my audible accounts of like 350 books, <laughs> you know, like wow. psychology and, you know, all kinds of things like that. And so I'm building my paradigm constantly. Like, and I listen to like 
when I'm in the gym, I'm listening to all these like motivational speakers. I have a playlist I put together on YouTube, like five or 600 videos, of, like motivational speakers and all this stuff. And like, how about Dave Goggins? Level exec- you know oh, Goggins is the, he's the new cat's pajamas, bro. He gives me a priority compliment. Every time I listen to him, I'm just like, nah, more, get more. <laughs> yes, I will run through that brick wall. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, you can't hurt me, what? So yeah, yeah like, uh, I'm just dealing with people like that in my mind all the time. And I yeah. think the reason that's very pertinent to executive protection is because if you're in the car with, um, a very successful person um, and you are asked to speak, I think you should have something of, of substance and value to say. And if you're dealing with these problems, like one of the main advantages I've seen, the problems that get thrown at you is like, I'm learning from people who have dealt with much more sophisticated equations than I'm going to be faced with on a daily basis really ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when I can tell a measure of a man by the measure of his problems, when I look at what gets dudes flustered and when I look at what gets dudes, you know, knocks the emotional intelligence starts geeking out and they're feeling like the clients beating them up and stuff. Right, and like right, right. all these things are happening. I'm like, you need to really expand your paradigm, your view. You need more psychological tools for navigating these situations in front of you. You need more perspective. And so I feel like kind of not even to the point of training standards, but to this continual learning that I think should always be happening. And like, mm-hmm. I think it's really important for people to continue widening their horizons because you probably came from a different place than your client and you probably look at things differently. And to be able to have like, even an international perspective, you know, um, I think it turns out to be valuable, you know, uh, in the long run to understand manners, you know, a couple of those books were on how to be a gentleman and, uh, manners and how to be cool son. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and understanding those dynamics and yeah. Um, well, let me, me, let me put you on the spot. What are, what is your, what's like, what's your go-to book or your go-to podcast or what kind of gets you information sources to get started on this journey? You know, like you you bring up a good point. Like there's a, um, there's a guy by the name of Clint Emerson. He wrote a book called, um, escape the wolf. I think is what it's called. Yeah. And it's like, it's like basically travel security, travel advisement about how to navigate through the world like a gray man and understand customs and courtesies uh, in each of the different kind of first, second and third world uh, countries that you might travel Uh to. And it's, it's a great little tool to have like to just to bust the rust if you haven't been to say like Brazil or like these, these, these areas where they don't go straight to getting down to brass tacks. You got to say, how's your family? How are things? Yeah. How are you today? Hey, yeah, do you don't do that. Watch the football match, and you got to get them to the point on the friendlier side in order yeah. to stop about business. Hey, and that's so, clearly yeah. not around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, I'm interested to know what some of the books that you like to read. Um, I'd say someone asked me this the other day. They're like, "What's the like? If you were going to give me one book for executive protection, what would it be?" And I was like. Robert Green, 48 Laws of Power, son. <laughs> Dude, like we're talking about social dynamics. We're talking yep. about being a courtier. We're talking about understanding how to survive in the king's court. Yes. Uh, man, that book, like I probably made more money from that one. The principles in that one book, yo, don't say yeah. too much. Don't give them too much. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, uh, don't outshine the master. Like these, these rules have – kept me alive, yo, <laughs> you know, uh, and I did, I did a podcast where I reviewed the book. It's like, awesome. It's in there. It's like when the first five podcasts, but oh, dope. yeah, man. Um, 
and he he just dropped a new one that's five year uh, uh, human nature man and I'm listening to it and man it's like I, I mean I'm at the end, tail end of my counseling and psychology degree okay. and I'm going into forensic psychology uh, and so like dude it's like everything that I've learned consolidated into one book and then strained through the lens of like ultra pragmatic realism like just being a ruthless realist with yourself and with everything and everyone around you and it's like man if i could say if there was a book that you could read that make you smarter than most of the people around you it's that book i don't even want oh. all y'all to read it and tell you the truth Mike, <laughs> right. story. yeah so that you know i mean yeah those two books will put you at least for social dynamics and put you on a whole other level. yeah Awesome. Um, but then like little books like as a man thinketh, you know, that's like a 40 minute, 45 minute audio book. You could listen to it before you get to work tomorrow. What it does for your, your, your paradigm, what it does for your com confidence, what it does for just like, you know, you are where you are based on the algorithm and the quality yeah. of your thoughts. You want a higher quality of life. You need to get higher quality information so you can get higher quality thoughts. And like just a book like that, that was, you know, created like i think it was written in like the 40s or something but the wisdom is so so nasty yeah i i listened to it like for a year like once a month <laughs> you know what i mean um it just takes you to another level so i mean those are two those, those robert green stuff you know that, that's kind of where i would start like and be like take a look at your social dynamics because i think that that's the first place guys make mistakes like mm -hmm. they might make tactical errors that may or may not go noticed by clients but i think by far the first thing that clients start being like mm, i don't know if i like this guy it's because yeah. of social error yeah. <laughs> you know this is something we haven't really covered too much on here business to business uh consulting yeah Why would you say that's different than a lot of the uh, more personal stuff and close protection yeah so i i've i've been um i've been lucky enough to build a lot of great you know, networks, uh, folks that have their own companies and run them and are, are trying to look to uh, develop uh, another a revenue stream or come mm -hmm. at or attack an angle of client issues or employment issues or what it be like insurance issues. Anytime that revolves around business practices itself. I was lucky enough to help run a, a small business for a couple of years and learn a lot of these, these lessons and also mm -hmm. then couple them into kind of like the EP um, uh, private industry, entrepreneurial type of world. And so on a, on a strictly pro bono basis, I, yeah. it's just a nice fancy word of saying, picking up the phone and talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. I've been able to um, help some, some people in the industry um, by way of just having these conversations about how they can diversify what it is they're doing right now in the private okay. protection world and how to, how to like gain more of a foothold with clients or gain a more of a foothold with finding better people to do the jobs that they're trying to do. Cause you know, just as much yeah. as I do. Is you, That's a big problem in the industry right now. You, you actually. can't replicate yourself by way, but you can find some folks that are really close to it and then get them to a standard, but right. there are not very many of them out there or mm -hmm. willing to go as far as you need them to go in order to fulfill a task or a role. So yeah. a lot of, a lot of business owners are having to grind it out still all by themselves and then pulling other guys along or other gals to get them to where they need to be. And of course, the way to prop that up essentially is that the training in which you still is one thing, but being able to pay them is another, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so like, how do you get a revenue stream that can prop up what you ultimately want to do, but are still paying the bills? 
Yeah. And so like taking these case by case examples and trying to like help as far as exposure or just as simple as um, making connections, just connecting yeah. people, having the ability to like, Hey, I know someone that's great to do that. Not just to do a gig, but maybe somebody in another industry, like one of the biggest, um, what were the easiest ways and easy is not the right word, but it's the best mm-hmm. I got right now to, uh, to have, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, uh, money coming in is static security. And yeah. static security game foundation. is, yeah. is a great foundation as you say to, to, to have, you know, you get a couple of clients and a client listing that knows other clients. And you start building this. I mean, you're not going to compete with Securitas right. or with Andrews international or obviously the G4S is because that's just the whole of the ball game. Yeah. But it's a way to stand up another area. So you get a little bit mm-hmm. of static security and then you can start putting money into the EP side because mm-hmm. you only, you know, you can only do so much. So a lot of what I like to do as far as like, it's not so much like consulting. So I call it business business. It's more just, it's networking. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's essentially what you're doing. I, yeah. I think in a sense, like you're not getting paid to do this right now, but you're also improving an infinite amount of people's lives by mm-hmm. what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, whether it be on mm-hmm. your social media pages or what we're doing right now, it's yeah, enough value. to grow something that has a value to yourself. And I, yeah. that's the way I look at it. I'm like, yeah. I'm doing this because selfishly enough, like I want to do it and I want to yeah. see other people do real well. And so hopefully there'll be some type of kind of like karma rebound right. where I get to yeah. up on something, but I'm not doing it for that. If that makes right. sense. No, I understand exactly what you're saying because it's like, what you're doing is you're giving value and you're essentially giving this value kind of freely. And what it does is it attracts because now you're giving this value. It like you're helping people and that helping people brings you opportunities. And it is an ironclad principle. And I have used it for years (laughs) and it like takes on a life of its own. And honestly, you just, it's why one of my number one values is contribution. Like, Mm -hmm. nah, man, it's like the best way to get ahead. It's like, all right, so you know, I'm going to demonstrate value. I'm going to give value and I'm going to uh, contribute and it widens my sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is the same principle I talk about guys that are like trying to get into the industry and they're like, well, what do I do? I'm like, well, you know, you need to, you need more exposure with more people and you need to give more value. And that giving of value is going to cause them to be like, Oh, Hey, you know what? There's this dude at this course I went to, he was really good. He was solid. He was taking initiative. Let me call him up when someone's like, yo, I need five more guys. Like, cattle call, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden your phone's ringing because you've been just like freely given this value right? Um, and helping people out. And it just is, it's cyclical and it's very positive way to mm-hmm. get ahead and to like, to really achieve your dreams. <laughs> you know, know, it's like the cleanest way to do it. Know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, man. It's, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I think I could just, just piggy off that by saying like, I, I find a little bit of pleasure in watching other people succeed. Yeah. And like I said, it's not like this holier than thou, like I I'm, I'm trying to walk the earth like Kane from, you know, Kung Fu. It's the mm-hmm. reality is that I, I seriously, I know that if I'm improving the lives of other people to do good things with clients that I might not be privy to, yeah. but there's a good chance that, that some door might swing my way in a sense yeah. that I might be connected with them to help them out as well. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like I'm, I've been very, very blessed to have a, a career that has spawned different ways. Like me even talking to you today is yeah. contributed to so many things that had workings years and years ago to right. get me to hear and yeah. I'm still like doing this. I still like what yeah. I'm doing. Have I thought about like doing other things? Sure. Who hasn't? Yeah. But I also know that this is what I've been kind of like geared and meant to be doing for the right. long term. 
yeah. and then finding out how that works. And it's basically, it's like, it's who you know, not what you know. Right. And with right. that being said, it's like, well, if it's who you know, not what you know, you better know a lot in order to help them get to where they need to be. Because right. they're not going to do you any favors if they can't. And it's not like self-serving, but in right. a sense, it's like, this is some, it's a mutual beneficial relationship here. Yeah. Kind of like what we're doing right now. I'm happy right. as a client to be talking to you. And if right. we get to do it again sometime soon, then that's, a, that's a plus for everybody. I right. think. Yeah. And so even like when it comes to the business side, it's with the business to business kind of angle. Mm-hmm. It's that if I'm able to improve their situation, mm-hmm. they make a little bit more money. They get a little bit more exposure with clients that they probably did, couldn't before. Mm-hmm. And the kind of like the, the circular kind of cyclic way that you had mentioned about it yeah. is it all kind of comes back in certain ways and yeah. not for the blessings of karma. It's just right. that that's kind of the right thing to no. do, especially mm-hmm. in our industry where make no mistake about it. There's a lot of, there's some folks out there that may or may not should be doing this type of line of work. And they might be in a way corrupting clients to have that type of that negative taste in the mouth that we Mm -hmm. we talked about earlier Yeah, that you have to then re-engage to improve their situation and on and on Mm -hmm. and on and on. So again, it's not a foolproof, but it's just something that I live by. No, it works. It's actually in that book, human nature and in 40 laws of power. It's just like, Someone say it's a dirty reality, but it, it is it is not. It's uh, 100% just reality. Reality is not good or bad, light or dark. It's reality. It's what you make it. But mm-hmm. the reality is, you know, the more relevant you can become just to helping someone accomplish their mission, um, the more <laughs> they're going to give you business and the more yeah. positivity they're going to push your way. And yeah, it really is a karmic magic. It's like... <laughs> I need to, if like half the reason I love psychology is because I need to understand this person, their motivations so yeah. that, and then this is the clean part. I can create the most win-wins in the room. And if you can create the most win-wins in the room, you will be the most influential person in the room yep. and more people will help you work towards your goal because you are helping them work towards their goal. Yeah. And, uh, that's just the way to, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, win friends and influence people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Boom! Like book number three or four. Yeah. Get that in your system. <laughs> right? Number three right there in my list. I, uh, uh, I have to say, there's it, also like a comment, like a, um, it kind of couples on that. It's like you, you are the company that you keep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if man. we're having like the best and brightest out there, even the aspiring best and brightest yeah. in the realm of doing this type of work, I mean, the EP, we're talking about like the, the EP industry. It's like it's, the sky is bright, man. It's, it's yeah. one of those things where we're having really great old stalwarts talking about the way they've done things and then kind of reapplying to how it is today with the young and up and coming bucks that are out there and everyone in between having the ability to just kind of drive a philosophy of, you know, accomplishing the mission, right? Troop welfare is second. And then anything after that is (laughs) is gravy, of course. So all roads lead back to the Marine Corps, I guess. Yeah, man, they were right. They just figured (laughs) it out a while ago, you know? No, that's what's up. Well, dang, man. It's been good having you on here, Chris. No, I really, I really, really appreciate your time, your perspective. Um, easy conversation, bro. You know, yeah. uh, where can people find you? What do you, in, what, where can they find you? What are you doing these days? Do you want to be found? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Great point. Um, I, I love to be found on LinkedIn. You can find me by yeah. my name, super easy. I, I, I've been trying to accrue uh, a really great network of folks that do a lot of great things out there. Um, yeah. And, and other than that, I'm a private guy. I, I've yeah. got a little bit of family-oriented Instagram that shows mostly my kids. And that's about that, you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm not pushing a product. I'm not, you know, yeah. trying, to, trying to get out there and, and, and push anything. I, I love to be able to help, obviously, what you got going on as well. And mm-hmm. clearly, I'll be able to kind of 
retweet or retag things. Yeah. That, you know, obviously, what we're doing today, and um, and yeah, anyone that's out there that wants to reach out to strike up more conversation, and you know, obviously, Byron's your guy for that, and I'd be happy to help as well. Absolutely, yeah, man. So solid. Thanks so much for your time, brother. It was good stuff, man. That was good stuff. Hey, man. All right, My pleasure. Solid. We'll talk again soon. Out. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. Com, and I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.